Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I am your host, Chris Revel. I would like to say thank you to everybody who downloaded this episode. I'm guessing there's a lot of new listeners for the first time. No surprise, John Tumlo, lead singer of Folly, huge fucking deal for me. This is incredible. Uh, we, I will get into my relationship with John and Folly after a few little plugs. I do want to say, first off, I am sorry about the sound quality of this episode. I would recommend playing it through some Amplified. I spent hours and hours trying to make it sound as best as it could. Something happened during the recording, and I'm not exactly sure what happened. It didn't show up, and we did a sound check at his house. The content, on the other hand, incredible. You get to learn a lot about John, his early life, his family, a lot of folly. We talk a lot about folly. If you are a fan of folly, this episode is for you. Uh, I'm basically a super fan, I won't lie, and uh, John knows that. Big thanks to John and Jackie for allowing me to come to their home in New Jersey and record a podcast episode with them on a Tuesday night. I mean, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, check us out at letschatpodcast.tumblr.com, brand new site. Email us at letschatpod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash letsuschat. So we are now running our first sponsor, There's the Rub. Founder of the company will be on in a few episodes. They make incredible spice rubs. If you write us an iTunes review, shoot us an email, write to me on Facebook, anything about the show that you like or don't like, or just a quote, we will send you a spice rub courtesy of There's the Rub. Check them out at facebook.com slash there's the rub. So let me tell you about how this whole episode came out to be. I'll give you the long version. I first saw Folly in 2001 or 2002. I was a senior in high school, so I don't know the time frame. I went to a concert at Wesleyan University in Middletown, Connecticut. The place is called The Pit. Uh, famously, they filmed a movie called PCU with Jeremy Piven there. Really good college comedy of the 80s or 90s. It has George Clinton in it. Well, anyway, a short little uh, devilishly handsome Italian man convinced me to buy a $5 CD with a sticker. And I liked the sticker. He was a nice guy. I said, whatever. Turned out to be the folly for my friend ZP. Now, I went that night for Big D and the Kids Table, who is still one of my favorite ska bands ever, which John and I do talk about. I don't know the whole story, but I know I didn't listen to that CD right away. It wasn't until later in my high school years, maybe a little after, I got really into the Four My Friends EP. And then they came back around, so I saw them, and I really liked them. And um, this is all within a few years. I'm going to glaze over about like 13 years of my history with this band. They came back, played Connecticut, probably in Wallingford, and I really liked the band. And just at this time, I was really into punk rock and really into like the Connecticut scene. I just liked this band, Folly. Didn't mean anything. And then maybe within a year or so, it was like maybe '03. Fast forward, I became friends with Mark Nussbaum. He now runs Manic Productions. Him and I booked a show together. And what I mean by that is he really did all of the work, and I did a little bit of promotion and a couple other little things. Even at that young age, that guy is such a professional. Check out Manic Productions. They Chances are, if you live in Connecticut and you've been to a concert, you've been to a Manic show. And then there was like this group of us that would always... Oh, so I booked, I helped book a show, 
And after the show, it went really well. The other band that was on it that night was Smacking Isaiah, and it was their last tour of Smacking Isaiah, and they turned into a Wellhelm Scream. Very good band as well. A big fan of them. So after the show ended, myself and my friends, uh, some of these people I still know. Like, I remember Crystal, my friend Crystal, I believe Selena came with me. I think Ryan, my friend Ryan Lermit, who's been on the show, came on. I had my ex-girlfriend came with us. Well, obviously, this is many years ago. Uh, and we asked every band if they wanted to go to the diner afterwards. And we, for some reason, fought. Every band said no, and not for anything mean. This they had to go; they had to be somewhere. And I ended up that night sitting at Denny's with John, Agim, and Anthony from Folly, and we met. And over the next until they break up in two thousand eight, we became friends. Like I would go to all their shows in Connecticut. Uh, there became like a core group of friends that would rotate, and the people we would see. I um, saw them in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York. Never saw him in Rhode Island, saw him in New Jersey a bunch. I got to go see him at the CBGBs. I mean, I saw this band when they were playing halls to when they were playing venues with stages, sold-out shows, just years and years of seeing Folly. Uh, God, my friend, and so many of my friends, like so many groups of friends throughout the years, we reconvened at these Folly shows, and there are people we were running into, and it was really great. Um, I like to think that them and the Flame and Tsunamis had played together, but that was a band I wanted to ask John about because they were so similar with their music, and I just kind of forgot because, believe it or not, in two hours you can forget to ask things. In this interview, we only really get up to the um, Insanity Later era of Kapali's career because we just jump around and talk a lot about great stories. Yeah, so I've saw Folly many, 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 many times. The funny thing about this interview is... Uh, I saw John when they did a reunion show maybe a few weeks before him, Memorial Day weekend in Long Island, and it was awesome. And I saw all the dudes, and I asked them about the podcast, if they ever want to come on, and all of them said yes. Um, so I was going to see my in-laws, who don't live too far from where John resides. So I hit John up on the Faces book and asked him if he would want to record in this time frame. And John's response was, Miss, how sweet is this? Sure. Anything to do to help the podcast. It was just like, wow. So I thought a lot about this episode. Uh, I get to John's house. I pull up to whatever town he lives in, New Jersey. He's outside watering the garden. And I just had this like quick second. And I was like, I mean, I've seen John outside of shows a couple of times. And some, he's someone I've known for like 13 years, but in this way that I see him at concerts, I see him at Folly concerts, and occasionally I'll see him in the real world. So, And just to get to his apartment, just regular dude, water in the garden. And we talk about the illusion being shattered for me. Um, I mean, I know he's a regular dude. I mean, he's a teacher. But it was just it was just so funny. I mean, we had a good laugh. And during the entire interview, his girlfriend Jackie, who you hear in the episode too because she chimes in and she has great stuff to say. I wish she could have sat down with us, but she was too busy um, making baked ziti. It smelled delicious, by the way. It was just quite the anomaly. And we talk about that, like how John lived his 20s as a lead singer of a hardcore band. And then he would go home and work jobs and be in school and get his uh, degree to be a teacher. So like the duality of his life and he's just 
all those dudes, all those guys are just really great. I hope to get all of them on. That is a goal. Uh, in case you didn't know, Jeff Toll, the guitarist, he actually does our intro music for the show. And we do have new artwork by Matt Pasinich, former guest and future guest. Thank you so much for listening. Do your part. Spread the word of the show. I'm always looking for more guests, and I am sorry that it's been so long without an episode. With, with Mike leaving, it just kind of put a strain on me to get something up and get things recorded. I am proud to say that I have enough episodes banked right now and recorded to get me all the way through August, so you'll be having weekly episodes until the end of August, and I still got more booking, and the show is growing. People keep downloading us. It's amazing. This is Chris Revel coming at you from the Cat Cave, and let's get to this episode, John Tomalo. Creatively maladjust, um, yeah. uh, very openly, publicly display myself inappropriately, and then hope that uh, I can keep my job as a yeah, public teacher. educator. So feel, feel free to say anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And then, um, yeah. if you want, I'll send you. I, I offer to everyone. I'll send you a copy of the interview, and you can give it a listen before it goes up. I speak for a variety of audiences. Yes. Try to discern between uh, who's listening and yeah, uh, and, then, uh, and who cares to listen. That's pretty much it. We just kind of <laughs> sit and chat. So you did radio for real? I did. Oh my god. You know Brian Graham. Yes, yeah, the piano kid. Yeah. I feel like I Oh, no, well, that's, that's uh, Brian Waller. He's another Brian. Brian Wait, Graham lives in New York City. He's got, like, a... Yes, he's very Asian one, hair. One time, so... We're, this is odd, because you and I, like, we've known each other for, like, maybe 13 years now. But Quite not, some time. In a, yeah. in a unique way of, like, I was a fan of your band, and then we friended the band. Yeah. And then it just kind of built, and, like, we all still keep in touch, like, every few years, I still see you guys. Yeah, somehow it all... But I slept in your apartment once. Did you? You lived in Rudder? I think. East Rutherford. With, um, with Houston called With that. Jared, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's how I'm going to see him tonight. He's the one organizing this surprise. Oh, good for him. Yeah. He was very, always very nice. I never always knew him. So I must know a lot of your friends, but not super well, but just like casually. Well, that's the deal with strange circles. You know, you, you know one person that exists in this circle and yeah. this, and it all kind of comes together. But all your friends, all the Folly fans that you guys were brought up through the years were always so fucking nice. And they were really nice to us Connecticut kids who came out all the time. Like, yeah. Brad, like Brad is always oh, yeah, yeah. so fucking sure. cool. Um, Chris something, Joe, I don't know, a bunch of people's yeah. names. Like, I don't yeah, like, all know, of the ones. They're uh, all Facebook friends, and they've always been like, they didn't have to be cool to us. Because they were all, you know, a little bit older than us, and everyone was always yeah. very, very nice to us. Well, that was one of the, I guess one of the reasons why it was always so... Uh, it was a party. Organic, though, too, because everybody was so cool, and, and there was no... You know. I was about to say, I think I played Super Nintendo with that Brian kid one time until like, because I don't really drink a lot. I don't know if yeah. he's an alcohol person or not. And so I would always go to parties and be the sober person who's yeah. up way too late. <laughs> the and one that can play Super yeah. Nintendo. And I think we played Super that Brian. We played functionality Super Nintendo to like 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. I don't know why. And this is one of those people every time I would see him, like, I don't even know if he remembers me, but we're like, hey, how you doing? And yeah. Like, yeah. It would be one of those vague things, like, hey, yeah, uh, you remind me of Koopa Troopa for some reason. I'm not entirely sure why. Why is that? Well, you, yeah. You won't know, but you'll know. Yeah. That was, know exactly. But it wasn't even after a Folly show. That's the weird thing. I don't know why we were in New Jersey. Yeah. Or I, at your apartment. I wish I could. I know. I do know. Recall. Do you uh, know? Mixtape show. Post Folly. Ah. Houston okay. Call CD release show. That was a band oh, yeah. I fell in love with from a drive through sampler. Yep. And they were on the Mark Pop, short lived time I knew it was Mark Podcast. 
and then I found out that they were like your friends. Oh yeah, friends yeah. of your band. Well, those guys yeah. were uh, they were in a band called Face First that we uh, toured with. The first time we ever toured was with those guys. We became very oh, close friends. That's the same. Yeah, okay. Same guys. That. Yeah, Jarrett was in Face First. They, Tom, who sang in Houston Calls, was in Face did First. Did they do tour? Um, I think you probably brought Jared. I have really weird memories of your band. Jared was with us once. Not playing. Right? No, no, he was merch? like tour managing, doing merch. Yeah. And it was yeah. in Durham, Connecticut. Because I had these very specific memories. With the spit valves. Yep, and that's when Kicked in the Head tipped the van over. I, yes. It was a uh, Halloween crapper or something. See, I have very odd, because I was actually in oh, Connecticut yeah. the last Me couple of days with my family. Mm-hmm. So, like, anytime I've seen Polly, like, I, like, I don't remember that show. Tiny little town, Durham. Is Durham. What I remember. And they never had shows again. Yeah, yeah. Me too. That's when I fell through Anthony's drum set. Oh, you would yeah. be both, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I, I was pushed. And I actually was just talking about that. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. Like, that could have been at yeah. the time when the tradition was to, uh, to just jump well, was recklessly. And here's why I remember it is because I remember I just had gotten my own car like, like what, uh, early on. Yeah. And I, was dr- I had to drive home and it was the worst fucking rain. And I didn't have defrosters. <laughs> And it had the New World Record sampler with it. Oh, yeah. With the <laughs> yeah. piano player on it. So I, okay. I, I had been a huge fan of Four My Friends EP. Yeah. And then I heard piano player. I was like, what the shit is this? In a good way. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> it blew my fucking mind. It was like, oh, my God, you played with Infamous Jake and the Infamous and the Infamous Jake. You know, I think I have a flyer for that show. Like, an actual physical flyer. Really? If it exists, yeah. Jeez. Try to find it. So we probably start at the very beginning, but we, yeah. jump, we jump around here. Hey, you have notes and everything? Yeah, I sent you I have a couple pages. They're not cool. questions. It's just, just like, like a way to guide you. Well, yeah, because I find I have these great ideas and then never ask them if I yeah. don't them down. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, there's an awkward silence, which I didn't think I'd have with you. Oh, yeah, sure. You're very nice. Oh. Well, now it's let's not talk. No, we can keep that in. Johnny's <laughs> <laughs> just died. Uh, so I wrote stuff, but... So we're in some town right now. I forgot the name. Of Carlstadt, New Jersey. You grew up on the other side of New Jersey. Yeah, what yeah. I would north call uh, west of here. Pretty much, yeah. The, uh, the tip of the state there, Sussex County. But my dad is from, like, a couple towns over from here. I'm the only um, one in my family that came back to Mother Earth. So if I put that in forth, it'll be... Alright, so let me ask you my first thing I wrote down. Why? Because yeah. I've. Uh, why do you think Jersey gets such a bad rap? Because I oh, love man. your state. We have to talk about this every time I see it. Well, I think there's a lot of arrogance. Um, and, well, I think it's pride mistaken for arrogance, but I think there is a lot of arrogance here. Uh, we. But I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know why it is, but we're very prideful. And I think some people um, are a little. They, they're. A little overburdened by Jerseyans, you know. We're, we're yeah. very intense uh, people, apparently. You, you, you and your, your band are like the quietest men. Yeah. But you guys, it, it, it's funny because if you if you come through New Jersey, you probably just do like the Parkway, which yeah. I had re- just realized when everyone else in the country tells ninety five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just learned that on Memorial Day weekend. We. Uh, that's another thing too. I think a lot of people pass through, um, and it's not a good drive. But yeah, I'm from Connecticut. If you drive through there, it also sucks. I yeah, it. yeah, I get it. Well, like any state, I would think there's you know there are these like secret little pockets um, where we grew up in Sussex County. A lot of people don't even when they think of Jersey outsiders, they don't even realize that we have forested areas and farmlands, and you know we're just like any other established state in the country. We have beauty and peace and yeah. all things, not just. Chaos and lane closures and tans and people yelling. <laughs> well, it's funny because like um, I've always considered Sussex area like the Vermont of this yeah. Area. <laughs> yeah it is. I had come down here years and years before, but I even knew your band. Yeah. Um, 
for a summer camp I went to like Warwick, New York. Okay, yeah. But half the property was in Vernon, New Jersey. Yep, right over the border. And I think I remember seeing on the Edinburgh Day there's a farm in New Jersey that um, it's the first farm to ever import shoes to Europe in like, really a hundred years, and they're in some New Jersey. And it's from it it's from your region. I don't know the exact town. But I could maybe look it up on that. I want special with the water. You know, like, like we uh, boast our, our pizza is the best because your of, pizza is for whatever reason maybe the cheese because of the and also connected to the follow show uh, <laughs> Pompton Lakes there was a pizza place next to the Pompton Lakes venue oh, uh, what's it called the, um, holy moly Pompton Lakes what is the name of that venue the living room downtown oh was it the place we played one of our last shows yeah um, but you played there prior to that as well that is no Yes, I know what you're talking about. I know Great the venue. town. But there is town. a pizza place. I don't remember the name of it. Very, very uh, Italian. Yeah. Definitely probably run by the Mafia. Oh, sure. Some of the best pizza I've still... I mean, I have dreams about that pizza. I've gone back every time you played there, maybe yeah. two or three times. Two that I've been to, uh, I have gotten pizza there. Well, the beauty of New Jersey pizza is that it's it's like everywhere. It's on almost every corner, it seems. You know, you can take a piss and... Yeah, and, uh, it's the best. And I saw a pizza place on the way here. man's feet, accidentally. Oh. I, since we're Jersey talk, yeah. <laughs> are we Sopranos land? Uh, right yeah. Now? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. A lot of uh, a lot of the show was filmed in Bergen County, right around here. Yeah. You know? um, and all that stuff. I mean, not all that stuff, but the the Sopranos persona is very true with a lot of people I run into around here. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of boom, boombas around these parts. Um, but you know, my my dad is Italian, and he grew up in Garfield, New Jersey, which is uh, pretty close to here. And his family and the people I, you know, come to know throughout the course of my life that are connected to, like, uh, my dad and whatever, that it's it's very true. There's like, a, hey, you know, you're just hanging out. Hey, uh, I live in Providence. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, it's the same thing. Yeah. It, it definitely exists. It's like weird. It's old, like, old guys who live with their moms for too long. No show like, jobs. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm half Italian. I don't look it at all. Yeah, but I know. I have the same. You are. I am. Irish at all? Irish and Italian, yeah. mostly. Should we start a game for the show where I just sit down and start guessing people who are Because yeah. <laughs> that's not insensitive, right? A little bit of everything. Hey, Tumolo. Hey. Tumolo. So I... Tumolo. Is that how you say Tumolo? Tumolo. Hey, Tumolo. Hey, Tumolo. Hey, over here. I got hey. some pizzas, huh? Hey, T. Oh, man. That's... Yeah, that's my train of thought. With the <laughs> I, I, I was obsessed with Sopranos. Yeah, oh yeah. Been me to, too. Um, oh god, my wife is from the town where they filmed the last scene. What's it in? Uh, where, where in uh, Nutley or Bloomfield? Bloomfield. Yep. Old Streets. Yeah. Oh yeah. One yeah. of our. Uh, oh my god, it was your last show. The first time the band broke up. Yeah, yeah, the first time. No, the, the first the, last show. The first last show. <laughs> and um, she. This is not the type of music at all. Yeah. We, uh, we keep that separate. That's oh, great. sure. doesn't matter thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, like, we went on a date. We, we weren't even, we were just not even engaged. But you guys mm. were breaking up, so we're like, we'll go down there for the weekend. So we'll stay Vacation in, uh, in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't And then we went to Holstein's. And I got yeah. to sit in the booth where Tony died. Oh, there you go. Do you think he died? I think he died. Hey, I don't know. Uh, the, the beauty of that uh, inconclusive show is just that, whoever, whatever you want. Yeah, which died in real life. There was like, so people were up in arms about that. Oh. It was like, you're rioting. There was on the news. What is maybe just about to happen when 
who's the losers or whatever. Oh, yeah. World yeah. Cup thing. Maybe. Yeah, right in the background. We're yeah, a sports guest. We're going to talk about sports for the first time. Oh, nice. It's okay. never happened before. I'm a silly sports guy, believe it or not. You're quite the anomaly. Like, you're the uh, Engl- uh, English teacher. I dabble. That's my that's my method, singer, you know. You can sports. You can know um, a lot about a little, or you can know a little about a lot. I choose the latter there. Well, I mean, that's kind of true to your band because uh, Holly was like, it never made sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, there was like this old saying that was a rip off of the old, but it was like, don't like a Holly song, wait twenty seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like. To think I've I never heard that, that. and uh, that's, I like to think that's I made incredible. That up. I yeah. want. I want you to be the one that made that up. Have you ever heard of the old saying in New England, like "Don't like the weather, wait ten minutes"? No, I haven't. It's a, it's a variation true? on that. Yeah, like because uh, like your new song, Walter White. Well, <laughs> uh, like, well, if you don't like it, just wait until it gets to the first half and then hear some cool reggae. Yeah, song. yeah, yeah. And then, well, I think um, that's uh, man. We were all very similar in this regard, but we were uh, very, very different. We all had very different things that we're into. Um, and when songwriting is coming from a game, you knowing a game, um, you know you can tell that a game is all over the place generally in, in, in his thoughts and in, in his passions and in his interests. So smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, all of you guys are like of high intellect. We're like strange uh, intellectuals, like yeah, in a sense about things you like, maybe like a game. Yeah. But we're all the first to tell you that we're all idiots. Yeah, yeah. but smart idiots. It's almost like. <laughs> You're almost like five of uh, the Matt Davids from Goodwill Hunting yeah. on each other. Because <laughs> you're all like, I mean, we don't have to, I mean, Anthony, obviously. I, that fucking yeah. solo he did at oh, the, um, the Long Island show. That's Anthony's not- ridiculous, especially when it comes to learning things like with his hands. Yeah. Um, he could pick up anything and just and just do it. I, uh, He, more so than anybody in the band, is able to do that. Like, just. If you talk to him. He, I remember being at a show where uh, the uh, one of the guy running wouldn't let him in because they because oh, yeah. <laughs> he had like a polo on, very devilishly short Italian hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. And he walked in and he got stopped. Yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, you got to pay. And he's like, I'm, I'm actually in the bed. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sir, you can't go in there. And he's so polite. He's like, No, no, I'm actually with Holly. I'm the drummer, and that's my stuff. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> oh, it was just like the funny, and that happened to him all the time. We had to sneak him in in the merch bin. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I kind of can't do stuff. He's like, I am carrying a top, I don't know what drums are called. Yeah. <laughs> a drum piece. <laughs> well, you know, that if you were to go back, and, and speaking now, especially from the shoes of an educator, um, we were all decent students in school, but none of us were shining stars when it came to our, like, book smarts, you know? Yeah. Um, all, everyone, though, has... Man, different types of intelligences, you know. Like, oh yeah. Uh, Jeff is just like he is the wise man. He's the shaman of sorts. For, what, for some reason, he he always had that old soul mentality, but yeah, um, a very well learned, very like independently, intrinsically learned individual. He could. Uh, he's definitely someone who would like just blow your mind. Oh yeah. When they were talking. Well, one of my he's favorite things so to quiet. do when we were traveling, um, if I could stay awake late at night, was to Jackie's home. Oh, oh. Did you tell her that we're doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that would be so awkward. Hey, Jackie. Oh, oh hey! Oh, that's your card. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the adult. I wouldn't take that part. Hey, Chris got us a rope. Look. Look at this. No, no, no. Oh, okay. oh, God. What's that? You got us a rope. It's so funny you actually oh, like nice. this. Yeah, my brother-in-law makes them. No way. He's like he just is... starting up a small like little thing. He goes like, he doesn't live far from here, but he's just like starting it up. And I'm, yeah, Belleville. Okay. Get yeah. Pork chops. Yeah, and yeah, that's fucking awesome. I was there, just there, came from there, and he was making a new one. He said, like, "Will you try this?" I was like, "Oh, it's really good." He's like, 
No, no. I think there's another bunch of flavors I've never heard of that are way too high. Yeah. So the volume of time in this is just too like. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it, it's something you really like. Mahogany. Yeah, we've gone. There's a place. What's that place in Westville? If you like mahogany, dot dot dot. That's yeah. He's like that. That's a conversation starter. Savory spice shop. I'm going there next week. In Westfield. Yeah, yeah, write that down. Yeah, they got like awesome. a ton of stuff there. Uh, like, you know, thirty different salts. They have a, they have salt a website too. All crazy stuff. Like Chilean. Uh, oh yeah, we love this. We love this, especially now that it's really sweet. Oh, that's so perfect because I've given it to people and they're like, yeah, whatever. Oh yeah, that's my yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to. I can't I wait to rub that. I might rub it on myself later. <laughs> it's been done. I'm like, I can't offer you any money, yeah. but I can give you spice rubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that, that's the barter system at its finest. Like, right I'm there. definitely, uh, I haven't profited yet. Yeah. Or I never will. <laughs> so that's fine. Hey. Oh, we're talking about Jeff. Jeff's a fucking wise soul. I was just about to tell you that late at night, if I could stay up, because I was never one to drive late at night, um, Jeff. Was, and Arbin were especially good, maybe because they didn't drink as much as all of us, and maybe because they actually could function a vehicle at a high speed. Um, I used to love falling asleep listening to those guys talk. Like Jeff and Arbin in the front seats having some sort of political discussion mm. was... Are they both libertarian-ish? Um, I think we all kind of are, in, yeah. in a sense. I know, I know Arbin and Anthony and um, I guess, again... We're kind of apolitical, though, too. Yeah. For as weird as that sounds, you know, like for uh, such punk rock kids to not side politically with many things. I, I yeah. was always, like, so neutral and just like, yeah. hey, man, I see both sides and blah, blah, blah. But I, I have moments where I get like, real into it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. Anymore. I, don't, I think if anyone, again, or um, Anthony and Arvin were, would probably be, the, probably be the most opinionated in political... I don't see that I see yeah. at all. Interesting. Um, but maybe, I don't know, maybe Jeff. Agin, I don't think is yeah. at all. I think Agin and I are both on the same page. We're just kind of like, hey, man, whatever. Whatever. I know Carlos is, uh, is uh, he's engaged to uh, Amanda. Yeah. You know, Which is a circle, cool. once again. Such a sweet circle. So many circles. Yeah, I went to high school with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's how we met. We were in... Amanda Regan. Senior study hall. So <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't really know her at all. We yeah. had some classes together. I didn't really know her. And uh, I had a Saves the Day t-shirt on, and then she started talking to me. And, and that's, that's, that's what... And now it's like... You know, sometimes that's all you needed back then, was just to wear a band yeah. shirt to, for someone to say, Hey, I'm, Which I purchased I'm Jimmy. Punkt-shirts.com. <laughs> yeah. Like something like I'm... Which you stole from Hot Topic. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's what it was. It was. Okay, it 100% was. Yeah. I have forgot about that site. It's still around. Yeah. Wow. They still, they still record and stuff. I don't know. Um, speaking of Amanda, Jackie and Amanda are buddies now. And oh. they go... You want to join in on this? I have another mic. <laughs> yeah. and that's, we do three people all the time. You're more than welcome. She, you can chime in when you feel like it. I gotta make Oh yeah, she's making some baked seeds. I told John this is ruining the uh, illusion of folly. Because like, it's the, the curtain. It's <laughs> yeah. water in the grass. I know. Yeah, water in the grass. She's making baked seeds. There's so, no illusion anywhere. No. Yeah. This is so funny. Hey, we're just uh, we're just a couple of Joe Schmoes here, you know? Being a Joe Schmo and like, it's so fucking nice. Uh, Jackie makes fun of me a lot because I fall asleep on the couch basically oh. every night of my life. Well, um, or else you say, you know, I, and I'll... 
I'm going to make you lay where I lay so you can feel the butt indentation that I've created over the past three years. I wish you put pictures of that. You can even see it. I, think, I actually can from it. here. Right over there. In, in wow. the, I'm in the corner there. Well, right? that's a good wraparound couch. Yeah, it's At what age did Costco, this... baby. Really? We picked this up ourselves. They they wouldn't carry it out for us. Oh, Costco. We had to get a U-Haul. You might pop in there. Yeah. So at what age did you start to realize that the domestic stuff was really taking over your life? Um, well, I, you know, I've never really had um, a domestic relationship other than with Jackie. Jack was, you know, the first lovely lady I've ever lived with, so. That's what it um, happened to me. When it was like, you go out and you like, kind of like say some disposable income, yeah. and you're like, I go out drinking. Or I could buy something awesome for my kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, <laughs> and then, that's when you realize, like, spatula or shots at the bar. Like my, 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 my wife, very fortunately, is uh, yeah. very good at cooking. Yeah. 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 An amazing cook. Yeah, oh, that's... Almost like her and her mother as well are, like, could be, like, almost amateur chefs, like, that's awesome. out of this world. So I don't cook it all. I'm more of a dishwasher kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. But you but pitch I'll, in. You know. Yeah. You know your part. I know my. I know. I know my role. Yeah, you got it, it. It really does turn into like we get excited about kitchen things. And we bought a soda stream recently. Oh, nice. I've always wondered about that. Yeah, really like good. It. it makes real self serve, um, and it's helped. I guess it's a little bit healthier. It yeah. tastes just great. See, look at this. We're talking. I'm sitting with the singer of my favorite band. We're talking about the music yeah. shit. Yeah, I'm a hardcore band. We're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the soda stream. Yeah. <laughs> I cut down my expenses on beverages per week. Which yeah. I've been intaking less sugar. Yeah. It's great. And then I have seltzer at my convenience. Well, it, you know, if this is any sort of tip off as to how my day starts, one of the very first things Jackie and I talk about is what we're going to make for dinner, right? That's it. Well, I'm talking about the Hi, honey. Have a good day at work. Oh, by the way, what. You know, Dinner, yeah. should I take something out of the freezer? You know, this is. I have dreams of delicious meals I had years ago. <laughs> I like. I was in Connecticut visiting my parents and my nephew yesterday. Yes. And I knew we were going to go to Archie Moore's. And I was going to get wings. I knew this for maybe a month. Okay. The whole month being before I Is that an awesome wings. wing place? Best. Yeah. That's best. Some of the best. Do you believe I've never made I still have never made Judy. You're supposed to. You're supposed to create the illusion. That's a Chef Jackie is now creating the seat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and pasta and quail. Oh, yeah. My mother-in-law was talking about uh, pasta water. When you make pasta, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't talk like that to her. Yeah. yeah. Like, In your mind, you're thinking. Like, what the fuck are you talking about pasta water for? You boil it? No, no. It's like, no, no, no. What you do, Christopher, is you boil the water, you take out a little bit, and you save it. When you put the pasta back in, you put it in there for the starches. Doesn't talk like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, starches? What are you talking about? I don't understand any of these words. Yeah. You tell me how you do all this work. I don't understand. Or like when I got married, like we did the writing registry. And yeah. So in my head, I was looking at like PlayStations yeah. and like cool electronic shit. And it just turned into all crate and barrel stuff. All like. Like we got an ice cream make attachment for the KitchenAid. Oh. Like, oh it's nice. It's, it's amazing. We have a KitchenAid. Yeah. We never use that. Okay. Take yeah, it does. But that's only for a day. Oh, okay. Only for a day. Yeah, yeah you only make enough to eat like one. Well, I wish you'd make Jackie's more. very concerned about the space in the freezer. It does. So. Dude, space is amazing in this uh, tight spot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. You got it. The part I have is like... It's a, it's a, it's a war. It's a battle of sorts. And uh, I still can't go around the room. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, we, like, lucked out. And that was another thing, too. Like, finances came into so much. Once I moved out, like, yeah. moved in. And I was like, I have to pay this every month. Yeah, what? And what happens if I don't? Are you guys... Do you own a house? Or? No, God, no. Yeah. And we're not there yet, either. I don't know. How, how do people buy houses? I, what? 
is this? We were actually, we just had this conversation like, well, if we wanted to buy a house, how do you? What do think? Yeah. Do you, for a loan? Like, from my understanding... Can uh, I order one online? And there was an app I saw. I know my cousin had told me before 2000, he was in Portland, Oregon. Yes. Yeah. And there was a time when the government would give you $8,000 to put a down payment on the house. And at that time, you could buy a house for $8,000. Man, that would be... And then around 08 happened, and 09, and I don't yeah. get into that climate. Yeah. I hope you, you know, I don't know enough about it. And now that's not the case. That's a shame. So I don't know if our generation is uh, going to be homeowners. Yeah, I don't know either, and I think uh, the older generation is going to capitalize so much on us because yeah. of our inability to to raise enough money to buy a house. Is it worth owning? I don't know. I, I asked my uncle as a real estate agent. I think the like, idea of owning a house is fantastic to have. Equity. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think everybody in their American dream type mind, especially when they're growing up, they have the idea that, like... Like I want to have my own space. I want to. I want to have an attic where I can store all the things I don't need. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, uh, my favorite George Carlin quote is, uh, "It's called the American Dream because you get to be asleep." Yeah. Oh, nice. So, I thought you were going to go with the whole stuff. Uh, a house is just a place to oh, uh, also to put all your one. stuff. Oh, I was gonna ask this is just a pile of stuff with a cover on it. You, you, I was going to ask you about comedy because it's ah, technically well, a comedy podcast. There's a segue to to George Carlin, one of my. Prime influences. So I, uh, we were MySpace friends. Remember MySpace? I do. With Tom is a great way to get tail from ladies if you're yeah, yeah. socially awkward young man such as myself. Well, you can talk to people in person. That's the way I, uh, I warmed up to ladies is by writing to them. Yeah, never a good made, talker. Made things a lot easier. I was never good at eye contact. That was the thing, you know. Yeah, like, you were great at that. I will. That's I'm not a late. So I would have. I know. I can. I can get you in the sack, nice and easy. I get. <laughs> would not be. I've definitely seen many of the members of your band's penises. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, so have I. Jeez. Sorry, Jackie. Every once in a while, I have like a kind of like a Vietnam flashback, but it's a it's a Bali tour flashback. And instead of the bombs, it's dicks. And I say, really yeah. yeah. I how how happy are you that YouTube is not a thing when you guys were bad? Oh man, Whew. career goodbye. Well, there were a couple things when I was uh, like interviewing for teaching positions and stuff. Um, I I actually had to contact a couple friends to get some stuff taken down. Like there was yeah. this one video of us when we played, and I was I was hammered drunk, blackout drunk. I think I've seen this on YouTube. Probably. In the M and M hall, yeah, mm-hmm. and, and, and you're not even one of those like words. you know. I was trading like shot for shot, uh, Captain Morgan's with a friend of mine, and and I didn't mean to not remember anything I did, which is always what happens. Yeah. You don't mean to not remember everything. I remember the video, and it's just you like mm, you're oh. sitting on the ground like mm, fucking fucking shit, and then yeah. you fall through a drum set. I think yeah, mid song, yep. like you can hear the band play, and then you don't sing, and everyone else is singing, and then you just kind of. Just trips. kind of like <laughs> just a, a sea of filth and oh terribleness. God. So I remember I had, had um, so I knew you were coming on for a little while. Yeah. So I did some digging. Ooh. Which digging. Uh-oh. I actually, the worst part is I knew everything. Yeah. I'm obviously a huge fan of your band, so anytime you guys did any internet presence, I've never reading it. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. But you did stand up once. I did. What is the origins of that? Well, I've never asked you. I tell you what, it was my. Uh, in my last year of college, I was finishing up because I left 
uh, school to tour with the band. You know, I'd take a leave of absence, an official one. And then when we were home, I would try to piece together a couple courses just to finish because I was so close. Yeah. Um, I my last semester, I'd finished all my like general ed requirements, all the stuff I needed to do for my major, um, and so I needed to fill essentially a full semester of electives. Wow. And I found out that um, the director of the American Comedy Institute, I. I think his first name was Steven. I know his last name was Rosenfield. Um, Shots. Yeah. I'm a Jewish comedian. In New York? In New York. Uh, I'm going to have to wrap this up now because I don't like liars. Yeah. I'm going to have to leave your license. There's no way that's And he really was like the nebbish Jew, like witty, Woody Allen type guy. I have such a man crush on those people. Oh, yeah. Like Mel Brooks and stuff. Exactly. He was very uh, much like that. And it was great. Um... He offered two courses, and he only taught them once a year, spring semester, um, sketch comedy and stand-up comedy, mm. and it was writing and performing. And our wow. every the makeup of the course is great because every week we had to come in with new material and try it out. Wow! We would just uh, for the stand-up comedy course, we it was a small course, maybe fifteen kids, I want to say. Um, every week we'd come in, try different stuff, and everybody would critique it. Say this this worked really well. You should do a roll here. You know this and that. We're feeding off each other. Um, in the meantime, like our book work was a book that I've kept. I don't even know it's not on the bookshelf. Um, there's a beer book to serve. Yeah, there's. there's Jackie just purged all. Well, not all. Comedy writing, though. Um, learning like the fundamentals of, of writing for comedy, oh. which I didn't know was actually pretty much all of comedy is the oh. writing aspect of it. And then there's the guy who says it. Yeah, um, yeah, and delivers it, which is a whole other story. It's a whole other thing. Uh, but anyhow, our final, pro- um, I guess, our final exam for the course was to perform at Caroline's in the city, and we had to the whole um, semester. We had to put together material and all, narrow it down and edit it all, and, and come up with I think it was like three or four minutes. Wow, of that's material. hard. Yeah, it was. It was pretty tough, um, but throughout the course of a semester with people helping you with what worked and what was funny, um, you came up with a pretty good routine. How did you, yeah. did you kill? I think I did okay. I was, I was in New York. Like, yeah. On Broadway. Yeah, it, yeah and it was uh, mostly friends and family, but there were, it was, you know, like Times Square or wherever the hell that yeah. is. And there, there were random, like, people. you know, there was like a tourist from Germany yeah. laughing in, with a German accent wow. in my head. I don't know. Yeah. How do you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. More Oz than part of your, yeah. Did you have a bit about menstruation? These yes. On stage? Yeah, I did this uh, kind of, and I don't remember how the joke was framed, but it was basically um, like I've, I've had no luck catching chicks. Yeah, I think it has something to do with my pickup lines, Someone and then it was. Yeah, well, I would walk up to, I would walk up to a girl very sweetly, in as suave way as possible, as softly as I could whisper in her ear. Your menstruation. So people out there now know that you have gotten notes, and they still that stuff went through. Yes, I thought it was very funny because you used to do a little stand up on stage, not even maybe on purpose, but you were always just. I think it kind of came with being like the front man, the front man, which is something I never wanted to be. I was always a drummer, and like, yeah, I mean, being in the about that. in the front was something that I think out of nervous anxiety in between songs. Yeah, I I could not stand not hearing stuff and, and listening to people tune and like hearing somebody cough in the distance. Your other bandmates were not talkers on the stage. No, no, no. It not was, at all. And I have to say, like, watching you all those years, I was fortunate enough to catch you guys maybe around, like, the O2 region. Okay. And maybe from there on. Yeah. There was definite evolution of uh, evolution of your comfort level on stage. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't, yeah. You, but 
we were the territory. Yeah. The, the, the irony was like, you off stage are very polite and quiet, and on stage your voice is large and growling and um, yeah, just generally louder, loud, <laughs> and then almost like boisterous. And like, yeah, amazing. But then off stage, you guys were just like, okay, people watching the shows. No, thank you. And like, and then, shut up. I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty all over the place. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, it's fucking amazing. That's the best show ever. Yeah, thank you so much for coming out. It just means a lot to me that you guys have drive here. Like, you guys did good. The show's not important. And then, then you have some words, beautiful words of wisdom. I love how it, it becomes like almost exaggerated to the point where yeah. we're Mr. Rogers. Yeah. yeah. You weren't that nice. Let's get real. Yeah, like, yeah, almost like a creepy boy uh, touching waking yeah. up in the middle of the night like, <laughs> with a man patting you. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah. I don't, want, I don't want that to be what people think when they just hear the sound yeah. of my voice. But Let's take that part. <laughs> If that's what it if that's what it takes, you know, yeah. that's the price of you guys are, uh, your your stage presence never matched your off stage presence of like even when definitely. you just talk. Yeah. And the whole band though, you guys are all You know, that was something everybody um, that I would meet after knowing I was in a band. Like if they knew me for years, this would always happen with um, people I worked in the professional setting. Teachers yeah. now or when we used to work for uh, the Sussex County Association for Retarded Citizen, SCARP. Oh, you worked there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Worked there for a long time. Um, still, is it still called that? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, I know but, states are at a different level with that word. Yeah, the, yeah. the ARC, you know, the... Yeah. the no, no, uh, yeah, I worked in, um, with adults development disabilities for a while. Yeah, you know, I work you know the... health now. Yeah, so, um, you know the territory, and Arbin is still involved in that, yeah. in that realm. Um, we worked there, Aguim and Arbin and I worked there uh, for the better part of like five or six years when we were touring we, we were subs so we would come in and work when we were home oh, wow. uh, so we could keep the job and it was a great experience um, but people that I would meet especially there from there that would come see us would always say you know like I had no idea you had that in you yeah and, and I guess I don't know I would always kind of say like I didn't either mm. you know like until I did that until I just primal screamed were you my, nervous my Ever like Based going in front of people? Because you guys played some big shows. Nerves, n- not. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's natural to be like anxiety. Like it's more, yeah, more anxious. Performance element, obviously. It still happens. I mean, these last couple shows we yeah. played, I, you know, I bit off all my goddamn fingernails. Yeah. and was like just a mess all day until we played. Yeah. But uh, I think it all comes out, and and I think there's. There's something to be said about the stage performance too. Like you wouldn't want to be yourself unless maybe you're a comedian. You know, I think there's something like you're given the opportunity to um, for other people to see you. Um, you don't necessarily have to be this like you know, the same person you are off stage. Yeah. And it was kind of cool to be given that permission. You know, because mm. where else can you do that? You can't. You can't go to the gas station and just start screaming at well, somebody. I have. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. Quick fun. Well, so like, um, you play drum because you used to just switch off piano player with Anthony sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's what right. I, and, but then you eyes were all multi. Oh, we forgot to talk about. Uh, we talked about all your members, Arvin, oh, yeah. basses. Man, that guy holding down the bass lines in uh, a ska band without horns. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to use Arvin. If you he, he's the reason why we became a hardcore band. He's Arvin's fault. Really? Yeah. Huh. He was that influence. Who, who was in the what? I'm always curious about um, You know, it's funny. Maybe playing Scott. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly. I I was the Scott kid. I was the rude boy. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I was. I listened to a lot of other shit too, but I was the the one more than the other guys. I think that uh, like had just an absurd like feel it in my in my uh, like the funk sauce in your bones. You know, uh. you hear Scott just like it. It makes you feel hot. 
it's a bodily thing. Yeah. Um, the funk sauce. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you, you know, know what, what Scott does to you. I you just, love Scott. Oh, oh, oh. I, 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 I uh, played um, at the Papa House in Brentford, Connecticut with Big D. And yeah. people were flipping up because you jumped on stage and sang with Big D. And not scream, you actually sang the sing sing. What did I sing? That's well, a good question. Them. Yeah, do you remember? Um, <laughs> I would love to know. I must have been like one of the. Oh, because they were playing. I loved, I've it loved those guys since high school. And you guys have played together many a time, so I assume yeah. that you must have known each other a little. Yeah, yeah, we played a bunch of times, um, a bunch of times in Connecticut. Yeah, we played a bunch of those um, shows. Once. And they were just awesome dudes. We were on the same wavelength as far as, yeah. like, I guess, personalities go. We, you know, we we meshed well. Good luck to still top ten albums. Definitely like, top ten Scott Punk albums of all ever, time, for sure. Ever. And but, even the latest stuff, I still really dig. Yeah. Um, yeah, because got a little more reggae. Any Asian Scott has to come Yeah, yeah. Like, come on, you can't be like. Well, Streetlight street still has it. Reggae is the byproduct of old age, too. So, so the age old question. Yeah. Um, what do you think came first, reggae or Scott? I mean, I think that I know the truth, but there's always that debate. I I believe it to be Scott, uh, like born of the Calypso, you know, Jamaican the, Calypso yeah. and Mento stuff. Scott. Scott. There's always a yeah. historic debate. The early Bob Marley. Well, so many of the guys, that. too, that were front runners of the ska um, movement in the late 60s did become huge reggae stars, like yeah. Toots and stuff. Yeah, you know, they like, played my school. Um, so I think they're. It's. When you divide them, yeah. it kind of makes sense because you can identify what is ska and what is reggae, oh, yeah. possibly. Well, but that's uh, for the New York Jazz such ska like, ensemble. It's kind of like the head and foot, you know? They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, just intimately attached at all. And Sorry, I tried not to talk about research. Nah. So, have you listened to the New York Jobs, Jazz and Scott? Oh, I love them. Yeah. yeah. Same, like... I was, uh, that was my thing, you know, like, I was more into the Moon Records type Scott bands. Arbin, too. I think Arbin and I had that affinity with, uh, with those good, like, you know, third wave, two-tone-ish yeah. Scott bands. Slackers is a huge band that we loved. Uh, Slackers. Scott Flaws. Uh, Toasters. Did you listen to, um... Another band that was a little similar to probably Super Ska without having horns. Uh, exactly. A sort of jelly beans. Oh yeah, that was probably which links back to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. A game was the ska punk and punk yeah. rock, uh, kid in the band, and a sort of jelly beans. I know was a huge influence on him as a writer. Yeah, our earliest folly stuff is a sort of jelly beans. Like let's it's talk basically about let's. I want to be like these guys. They're so fucking awesome. Oh, they're amazing. We were like um, more of that carefree Scott Punk without horns yeah. outfit for a long time, you know. I think it'd be, I would be doing a disservice to anyone if we could talk about Folly. Yeah, well, especially myself. Hey, but, um, so that band started what ninety seven? Ninety seven ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the singer. No, no, they so, had a, a run, a slew of singers for. So where, where, where are you in nineteen ninety seven? So where was I? High school, oh man. Correct? take you back um, the world's a different place kids are using cassette tapes yeah real internet well Arvin and I played in bands together okay. from 8th grade on from 96 on um, we were in a band uh, which was actually really fun it was a huge like turning point in my life called Jim Slim the Midget Tossers right? I played drums Scott uh, Scott we had weird horns we had a tuba player at some point we had um you know, we had rotating horns and, and winds and everybody coming in and just playing. But our singer, the kick of it all, was that we were like these kids. We were in eighth grade, freshmen, maybe in high school. 
little kids, what, what are we, 14 years old, 13, maybe, 13, 14, uh, our singer was, I think at the time, 22, and he was almost seven feet tall. Jim Frizzell. Uh, and Jim was a sweetheart. He was like a huge mentor for me at the time. Um, but he was covered head to toe, almost head to toe. It seemed in my mind now that I think about him. Head to toe in tattoos. Rode a motorcycle. You know, not the, not the type of guy that, like, when you grow up in a Catholic home, you're going to bring home to your mom and dad and be like, hey, this is the singer of my band. He's real Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, still. No. Into it. Uh, no. Not me. Really. Yeah, no. Grew up, um, but had very, uh, like, you know. Cafeteria Catholic, even? What is Cafeteria? Catholics who don't go to church do anything to be Catholic, but they're just Catholic. No, no. Uh, practicing, devoted, oh, wow. you know, like every Sunday, 8 o'clock mass kind of Catholic. Wow. Um, but as we got older, especially by the time I was playing these, you know, bands in high school by 17, um, our, our parents were very cool and were just oh, like, yeah. you know, you, I you, a question I you can pursue whatever sort of religious interest you, oh, you wow. want. I think it was, uh, it was nice to be raised in that like community. It was very, like, oh, yeah. very caring, sweet, loving. New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. And, and good people, you know, around you for the most part. And married into some New Jersey Catholics and they're wonderful. Yeah. It's, uh, there's no resentment. I yeah. just, uh, I denounced God. <laughs> <laughs> just like that? Just like that. Yeah. I wish I had a cool story. Um, yeah, it's, it, but it all stems from um, from that time playing, like playing with this dude Jim in Jim Slim concerts. It was kind of like a way for me also to to view how others saw him and yeah. view like what this music is because it was we were punk rock kids growing up in a very rural suburban area where like Christian values are were very much um, and conservative values and like. Hmm farmland, old school family yeah. values of Sussex County were still intact. It was, uh, that's what started it for Arvin and I. And by the time um, we heard about Folly playing, like, you know, I would go over to Arvin to hang out with Arvin and see Aguim and his young buddies. Dude, I didn't know they were like a, a year or so younger than us. Because Aguim and Jeff are the founding original members. Yes. And Jeff was from because we had a regional high school, oh, I, yeah. we didn't know any of the kids in his town until uh, high school. Yeah, and yeah. and Aguim and Jeff met in high school freshman yeah. year. And it was one, like you said before, it was a, like, oh shit, you like Operation Ivy? Because Jeff had an Operation <laughs> Ivy shirt on. Yeah. It, the story is something like that. Uh, they were playing for a while and writing these awesome songs. And I used to, like, go over to Arvin's house and just, like, like, you would do, not for any purpose, but just because, like, your buddy... You want to hang out with them. It's what you do when you're young. Yeah, you just like, it's not like, hey, you want to come over and do this? It's just like, I'm going to come over. It, and then we're, do you remember the day when you would go to sit here and talk about stuff? And know? knock on someone's door? Yeah. I haven't done that in so long, but that's how it used to be. You just go places. And I used to purposely go over there just when I knew that they were practicing to listen to them because they reminded me of a sort of jelly beans and bands like that yeah. uh, slapstick and like these awesome Scott Punk bands that I loved at the time and so who got into the band first uh, Arvid or you me uh, my but it wasn't until my junior year in high school that's when you started singing yeah they're not yeah. drumming uh, that's when I joined Folly as a singer and that was a brand new experience like, so it, that's what oh what no uh, this was before that 98 so yeah. at this point is Folly how did the name come to be I think because that's something you guys never ever told anyone about I don't think it was a, um, they were already know, they know the origin. Agim and, and Jeff might know exactly who like coined yeah. the term, but I think it was just the name that they stuck with. I think there were other 
uh, band title options that they played around with that they always went back to. Yeah. Um, it's funny though because you know what's in a what's in a name. Uh, yeah. The name kind of became the, the, ba- the, the mindset of the band, and it was it was a perfect you could title. Call it a costly undertaking. And I love your writing. Some of you all those long MySpace blogs. Like, oh yeah. I know you do that little op- that laugh because it's hard to be complimented. It's. I get it. It's. <laughs> it's all, I'm the same way, but I, I'm generally like a huge fan. Like I'm not. I kind of forget thing. I do these things. You know. Yeah. Like somebody else says something about it. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, I that's love right. your, I uh, that you like read nine, stuff that I wrote. That's those weird. like nine page like uh, <laughs> MySpace posts. I used to. Um, Are you, you Facebook friends with him? Yes. You went to a period there uh, where he did Facebook. Oh, they were great. Yeah, uh, Jackie off Nike. I was. Did on I was kind of publishing my late it. night drunken poetry yeah. weird stuff and, and, but it's and good. I remember that's when we first started hanging out together and you would like text me the next morning and be like that must have been real hammer last night what do you mean how do you know this because I read your weird limerick or whatever oh, the fuck yeah. you wrote last night <laughs> That's a door. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm gonna get to how you guys met. Cause I have to. That's that's in there. Oh man. I have to How do we? How do we explain that one? Do you even know? How, how, you, how, how did I become a what? Uh, the singer. What's that? Of the band. <laughs> that you were in. Uh, what? What is that? Sing. I, I sing. sing in, in a band. What did you call it? Did you ever call yourself like? Did you I don't know. Yeah, like, 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 <laughs> People get really into that. I'm more so yell. I don't know. Throat. No, it's... I found over time that it's almost um, seemingly useless to try to describe to somebody who is never going to really get or listen yeah. to it. Uh, when you say you scream, yeah, some people who don't know the culture mm-hmm. are... That really confuses the shit out of them. Like, wait, what do you mean you scream? Was your experience in the band so total opposite of your life? Because you were going back to like... Well, you uh, a nice Catholic family in yeah, yeah. a nice town in New Jersey. Oh, I had like you know the, what's it called? the most beautiful upbringing a kid could have, like the best parents, the best brothers, yeah, little sister, just awesome friends, beautiful area to grow up in. And then you would come back and you're working at the uh, I forgot the place you just said. Scarp, yeah, so, yeah. And, and I've worked those in, in those yeah. places. Yeah, we house. worked in, uh, in group homes, group home yeah. settings. And that's a place that like, really it's like I've, I've described as just like eating humble pie every day. Oh man. Like, it, it it, we'll talk about a rewarding uh, experience, and and talk about a way to really like view life. You think you have fucking issues, you know? Like, yeah. You know that term, white people problems. That yeah. People say I use it a lot. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm more noticing these white people problems, especially now nowadays. Or first after world problems like that is a new one. Yeah, yeah. Like you I mean, don't even have tattoos though. Like I mean, no, no. It, it, <laughs> But in that field, you know, as you know, um, and yeah. as one can imagine, or maybe one can imagine, because I, I had no idea of that culture too. Um, it was man, what a when you're when you're cleaning shit, cleaning shit, uh, it makes you think about life. <laughs> that's that's that means you were like going on tour, yeah. and and there's times that band was like having mo- like definitely you know felt something going on sure at point. But, and you were coming off tour and yeah. then cleaning the shit yeah yeah exactly and I know that's it sounds a little I think it's insensitive but I, I really mean I mean that in the most beautiful way possible well, I think uh. it's like the yin like, yang like I think for, yeah. for me I have this thing that I talk about frequently I think like, I started going to therapy like maybe a few months ago what's that like amazing yeah I, you gotta get someone you like 
and this I, is kind of therapeutic right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. And it, I it wasn't going for any like specific reason. It's yeah. been traumatic. I was like, I just want to be less anxious all the time. Yeah. And yeah. stop having that feeling of impending doom all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say. Oh, but I, I guess my wife, before we married, pointed that she felt that I always felt that I was cursed. So anytime anything good would happen for me, something terrible would have to happen to me. So like I had a lot of friends because of like, the heart camp I went to and worked at. And sure. Died, so, yeah. And family members. Like I went through like a year. Or, like, I was like seven. But, like, it's a pretty tough. A lot uh, of death, so. It's an almost impossible way of life. But, with you. Yeah. You, you, yeah. But you learn to have uh, like thick skin. But, but similar to I think you were going through. It's like you would probably play an amazing show, have a great night with your friends, and like the energy you get off stage. I was yeah. just a. Uh, uh, audience participant of your shows yeah, and yeah. the high I got from watching it I can't imagine yeah it was very drug like yeah oh, but that's sure. a performance fault for the drugs because you gotta keep it going yeah fortunately sure. you guys like going to the diner yeah well that was our, our that was, uh, pizza burger deluxe so yeah our, the true drug of it all but then you would come back and then it's know, like the like, hardcore show is the gateway drug to <laughs> the crack that is the diner's uh, two in the morning diner. And then you were coming home. You were in school for a lot some of the time. Like you, I mean, yeah, such an anomaly that you, you could do like that lifestyle that is perceived as like so. I don't know what you would call counterculture. But then you come back and you were a student, an employee, yeah. a son. And it, all these things, and you, you keep it going, and it's uh, it's momentum and it's uh, passion for life. And I always felt at a young age. Um, and I still feel this way too, but maybe a little different as I get a little older. Um, yeah. I just felt like there, like I had just so much that I wanted to accomplish, you know? Um, I still don't feel fulfilled because I have so much more I'd want to accomplish, but it's just one of those things where you want to play different skins, you want to wear different skins, you want to see, uh, you want to adventure out of the one thing that you like to do. So... It's strange. It's like wearing many faces. It's almost like acting. But not like that Kevin Spacey American Beauty where like you felt like life is coming you know, all and No. Like, you yeah. always seem uh, happy. Yeah, very much. Very just uh, like energetic and, and curious. Yeah. That, that's one thing too, no matter what music or friendship. Um, the the great respect I always had for the guys in, in the band that shared that, that had this like uh, adventurous spirit and almost just this general curiosity like there's so much crazy shit out there and we have a chance to yeah. maybe go see what it's like you know yeah. so yeah. let's talk first tour Somewhat. What, what, what was your do you remember your first tour was it I remember, uh, yeah oh yeah and I, I remember it quite I'm well. I'm gonna embarrass myself of how much I've read about you and uh, Face First. Yes. A uh, week long, shared a van, maybe 11 days to Florida? Yeah, yeah, just about. A couple, couple don't, weeks. Don't kick me out. No, no, that's amazing. Um, it was a very awesome experience because that was the first time we rented a van. Made um, no money. Oh, yeah, and that wasn't our goal at all. But we had, that was never our goal, which is kind of part of the Clearly. reason why, like, you all have jobs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably, probably one of the reasons why we uh, learned to have a backup plan. Or yeah. Some, not a backup plan, but, but a that. plan. Yeah. Um, so first tour, so what do you know what year? You don't have to know the exact year, but that's like what? The first year, that first tour? 2001. The, the For My Friends EP tour? Yes. Now, yeah, that you were came out right around there. New World Records. New World Records. Owned by, was it Alex and Jesse? Alex and Jesse Burton, who were in the band. Paulson. Uh, Paulson, before that, was President Lemon. That, oh. was, their, that was their Scott Punk band. And you must see them from time to time. I know they live Jesse around. lives about 500 feet from here. Really? Yeah, right down the road. Oh, that's that's wild. Which is kind of funny, too, because... Uh, like Jaja McJulsey 
who I love so much, I don't see him, and I should. And I, I'm always like, God damn it, I've got to walk down and just knock on the door. Like, this is before. Like, why can't I just fucking go hang out with Jesse? Uh, but I know he's a busy guy. He works a lot. Look, the same reason I wouldn't come to your house today on a Tuesday after 4 p.m. and just sit and talk, unless I, this was here. I would love it. And this is another reason I even started the show. Actually, this is what Chris does. He he doesn't tell you or ask you. He shows up <laughs> with his equipment. And your, your lovely girlfriend's making dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's just going to do it. She's laughing. It's okay. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, uh, it, it's, we we get to smell baked ziti as we talk here. It smells great, by the way. Is that gar- garlic? Onions? Yeah. yeah. But that, that's the same thing. There's like, there's this age barrier. Like, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. When you move, I moved to Providence and I was like, I don't know these people. I don't know their neighborhood. I'm not going to talk to them and they're not going to talk to me. And it takes a long time to start to talk to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Years even to like kind of get to know a neighbor or something. And you live, uh, kind of a sheltered life when you're in your work routine mm-hmm. you know there's I often almost get depressed when I think like shit I should be outside right now or like I, yeah. I, I should be doing something that I don't do every day and the best advice I've, from doing this I've learned is just make that phone call yeah just, just do friend, it right do call thing that you want call your friend do. Will he called you fucking three months ago yeah you love, you love him you oh, miss I him call, call him. him of course I don't What's do this by you? the way yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's why everyone else to do it. No, but it's good advice to uh, say to yourself, but it's never the advice you take for yeah. yourself. You know, it's, it's not I, silly. The Paulson guys, I got to see them and get to know yeah. them a little bit. Um, not nearly as well, but oh, great dudes! Very, very awesome. Yeah, we, we got very school. close with them. Um, I, didn't, I don't know if, you ever, if they ever had told you that they came up to my place to Green Mountain College. Did they? Yeah, uh, you tried to get us up there once, a couple times, and we almost. We never made it. We never made it up there. You were the hardest band to book. I hope you guys did. <laughs> I don't understand how you got as far that? as you did. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. Were you the business guy, Arvin? No, Arvin. Yeah, yeah, Arvin was the guy. And you weren't like, but obviously, did some good stuff. I was yeah. like, in regards to business, I would try to help. I think I like the promotional stuff. I like the website mm. stuff. Like yeah, spreading the word kind of thing. Arvin was really the best at logically thinking when it came to like financial matters and responsible enough to talk yeah. to the promoter. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all like drinking beers in the van, and Arvin is finding out when, when we're supposed to load in. Well, he did some tour managing after the band ended. I know. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he kind of dabbled in that. He went with uh, this band, One Dead, Three Wounded, who was from Philly. Yeah, uh, and it was it was really cool, and he. Those skills that Arvin has, he's always had, and he still has. And yeah, he, he applies doing. that to to what he does in, in his life, and uh, he's extremely responsible. Um, I think it was a good skill building thing for him to be that guy in the band. Oh yeah, because he has a certain power over us, like in that regard. I have this weird ass memory of later on the show, and I think it was with Jared. Yeah, from uh, face first. Now I think that you mentioned that it's short black hair. Yeah, it was in Durham, and he was standing. I was just standing there with someone smoking a cigarette, not me personally. And they were like coaching Arvin of how to walk up to kids and hand them your, the, the, the CD. That sounds like Jared. And yeah. said, "Just want to walk up and tell them, hey, we're the first track on this thing." That's, and it was yeah, like you guys yeah. were like nervous to do it and wanted to do it. Jared was like <laughs> uh, kind of a mentor for for us when it came to those matters. So, yeah. <laughs> so your first tour down like Florida, like East Coast. Yeah, we went down the East Coast. Oh, um, oh man, uh, Arvin and I were. Uh, we just finished our freshman year of college, so and your parents we would have been like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, so and you know the craziest thing is, we at that point we kind of kidnapped Anthony. So he was he was in another band um, with buddies of ours from the same school from High Point, an awesome band. They're called Yale Hockey, uh, kind of like a 
emo-y, screamo-y uh, deal, but really awesome. And Anthony played, we kind of recruited him because he was such an awesome drummer uh, at a young age, but he, I think, was a junior in high school wow. when we were going on tour for the first time. We actually had to go to his parents' house and like ask them permission. It was like asking you know, yeah, for your yeah. daughter's hand in marriage kind of thing. Can we have your son for a couple weeks? Can we can we be his caretaker? Well, the, the you don't, you don't know us at all, by the way. That's the stuff in bands you don't hear of. Like yeah. you see or, or any sort of arts, you just see the final product. Yeah, and a lot of work had to go into like. That, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Did you want you and Jackie were to go on a week long trip to Florida? Yeah. Think of everything you have to do. Oh and man, you did this with five young men. You could uh, write a three hundred page book about the day or two it takes her to pack. Her bag oh, yeah. and the meticulous thought like, process. Like she has anxiety about that shit. Yeah, it, it's a real, it's a real first world problem. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really. You need to throw under the bus. No, you got it. Very kind. These are these are the trials of life. <laughs> but like, just the organizational skills you must have had at that age. That's the thing too. It, it's I bet it seemed effortless at the time. I, oh man, yeah, definitely. We didn't even realize like we were employing those skills. Yeah, uh, we were just kind of like. Okay. Like savage beasts that wanted to make something happen, so we would do whatever it took, you know? Yeah. We had such, like, fervor and passion to how, get something accomplished. How has your family been with you and the band? Like, they, really they, awesome. They came to the last show, I think. Yeah, yeah. You were so um, nice. You introduced me to your parents. Did I win? Yeah. At, at um, the one of the last shows? One of the, the um, second rounds, I think. Um, oh, the Stanhope House? Yeah. Show, yeah. And yeah. I was like, this is an odd thing. Yeah. Uh, so my parents, parents are... know you guys, obviously. Yeah. Like, me. Yeah, not well, but in person. <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's." And your your brothers and sister were also there more than once. Yes. And I was like, yeah. "That's so cool." Yeah, very supportive family, um, really awesome family, and the craziness that is inside me that comes out it has a lot to do with my family uh-huh. because they're they're nuts, like in the best way possible. Uh, my dad was a music teacher, you know. Now you make so the, much more sense to me. A huge influence in my professional life now, but also in my in my love and lust for music. So he must have just been like smitten. Oh, with, I, uh, I, you know, it's work. it's kind of funny because he um, he was a very devoted professional, and he carried a music program in high school, mm. um, the marching band. Wow. Uh, you know, and he was there for the. The one school he was at for the majority of the time was a good 25 years or plus. I'm not even entirely sure how long he was there. Long time. Um, and he was there, you know, after school every day. He would come home really late, really tired. Uh, we always joked that, like, you know, we were his second family. Yeah. But it was in more of the terms of, like, admiration for what he did. Yeah. Because he was just a, a workhorse and worked with the kids and... Um, and like you know, competitively did marching band, jazz band, wow. all this stuff, right? Growing up, seeing that and uh, like seeing what he put on on the table—not the food, but the the actual like passion for things to do stuff uh-huh. to help other people—it uh, was like a huge thing. Now, before he got into teaching, or while he was getting into teaching at a young age, he used to be in a rock bands. Like he played in a band that was like Chicago. You know, he played trumpet and keyboards and stuff. Um, they had some small bite of success in uh, locally, but never traveled and never toured. So one thing he told me later, like years later after we were touring a little bit, he said, "I'm so glad you're you're getting to do this because I, I never got to do this. I always I always wondered what it would be like. Um, so you know, like you sending postcards home 
from all yeah. these places. It means so much. And like, that's the type of relationship we had. It was always that's like, so sweet. I, I'm going to support you 100%. Now, we were no, like, uh, pristine, pure, good kids while we were doing this. And mm-hmm. We were, like, party animals. Um, I think my parents knew this, but... I think your parents would have saw that as a college. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of that same, like, oh, it must be a phase so or whatever. You guys are probably, besides your partying, I know you're going to the Grand Canyon and seeing historical Yeah, yeah, that's... We were nerds for... a museum or something. Yeah. Um, and you must have learned. I remember reading an article uh, in Revolver when you yeah. guys were featured, which, why I have to point out, is the funniest thing, is I remember driving to New... I was in Vermont, and I had to drive to Keene to find a copy of Revolver, so you guys were in it. Okay. So I was going all that way anyway. And I, the picture for your band was like a, a brief, I, I guess we'd call it a selfie, which they didn't call back then. Yeah. Of like the five of you smushed together and some other person was in the band. <laughs> that was the photo you guys had shown. It was all these other like metal bands and professional photos. And like I think you could see a beer bottle at the very bottom of you. It was just like the six of you face that. Oh, oh, it was probably, yeah, just like a random picture we took in the band I or would, something. Well, let's put this in a naturalist in the beginning yeah. for our career. <laughs> That makes sense. As haphazard and, uh, you know, mediocre of an attempt as possible to be professional. You guys never wanted to take it... You always openly said that you weren't taking it seriously, but you had to at some level. I think we had to operate with, like, one foot in the door, one foot outside of it. You know, like there had to be some sort of... Was there a surrealism, too, of, like, you knew this isn't forever? Any, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyone in any field of creativity up to a certain level, you should feel that. Out. Yeah, and I think that lends itself to the mindset and the namesake. You know, if yeah. we knew anything we were about to do, any contract we were to sign was going to be a terrible mistake, one way or the other. Uh, a, a beautiful mistake, though. You know, something yeah. that was, like, willing and let's just throw throw ourselves into the void and see yeah. kind of where things take us. Um, but the... The, the the wish to capitalize on things is never there. Um, we never want to take advantage of the punk rock system. Uh, we always, I think, like like any other band that has that has this internal conflict, um, we we want to remain true. Yeah, you know, and that was something that like we weren't prevented from doing. We were. Yeah. it was just harder to be successful, quote unquote, without really like. Sucking it up and doing oh, something. Yeah. The music industry, you guys are in an odd time. Cause like, yeah. You probably, I would say you started, um, not I, it's from what I've read, it's like, oh, one is what you guys consider the band starting to be serious. Yeah. And yeah. from its run, like, the industry collapsed in on itself. Napster came out to be. Oh, yeah. It was you, a... you started with tapes. Yep. And Absolutely. then you went from tapes, CDs, you saw Walkman, Discman, iPods. Like, yeah. The whole we... world changed. Like, the, the whole thing during, money during just... the tenure of Folly. Uh, you know, and Arvin and I were talking about this, like, the two old crotchety guys, like, back in my day. Yeah, yeah, um, You want uh, anything else to drink? Oh, no, thank you. Coffee or anything? Oh, no. I actually had coffee right before I came here. I actually took, I had coffee and took a nap. Oh. <laughs> an accident. See, I was watching the That's the opposite. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the opposite. I drank coffee that's and I fell asleep for about a half hour watching TV, uh, Arrested Development, and nice. FXX. Yeah, yeah. And I woke up and Parks and Rec was on. Parks and Rec is on there too. It's a great I don't channel just for those two things. So it was my first FXX experience, mm. and it was a fun, fun yeah. job at FX. Yeah. You Thank you my, for uh, giving me two of my favorite shows. Back to back. Yeah. 
It was during this huge changeover in all regards in media format, in uh, in commercialization, like in the effect of being a band and and capitalizing. It was a complete shift. It was a paradigm shift yeah. in music. And uh, Arvin and I were like the old crotchety guys yeah. saying back yeah, back in my day we didn't have the internet to book shows and it was one of, one of those Tell things where that. oh my god you're right yeah so you, when we were kids no map bus. the first times the first shows we ever booked were from um like directories uh book your own fucking life you know maximum rock and roll had we would send press kits like in the mail actual physical things wow. and we would have to call people and kind of give give a sales pitch of sorts you know like Hey, we're these kids that nobody gives a shit about. Can we come play your and fucking you, you? the sales pitch? Mostly Arben and, and myself too. Like mm-hmm. we, we were uh, we were okay in that regard. Like yeah. getting the calls and stuff. So did you um, book full cross country tours that way? Like Well, the first couple tours we did I think were kind of facilitated through um, through that, yeah. Like via old school method. Mm-hmm. Um, How many times did you get there? There's either nobody there so or many. the show would fall. A note on the door. Sorry could make it from the promoter kind of thing. Really? Yeah. Because it's, it, it's that. Oh, it would happen all the time. And and that happened also in the age of the internet, too. Yeah. But uh, we we found out the hard way, and we learned the hard way, and, and we learned the best way, like, to to accept failure, uh, to remain uncertain, and if anything does happen, it would be that much more magical. Like, that was the essence of being in a band then, especially. Yeah. Um, but we... It's crazy that you mentioned it because it is something worth studying. I think this uh, from from the ages of our adolescence yeah. to now, this like really incredible rapid social progression and this movement, this like completely different flip of things. Um, and you were one foot involved. Yeah, a little bit. And in the music industry. Yeah, I would yeah. love to look back. Go, go ahead, fifty years and read about this time frame of like. I remember pre-Napster. Oh, sure. And Napster's yeah. nothing when people talk about it, but it changed everything. everything. I mean, it changed. I, I that was honestly the day I stopped paying for music outside of a show. Yeah, yeah. And that's, what, 15 years ago? Yep. Yeah, I mean... That was a huge game changer. It, it changed. The industry fell in. Like that line he says in the social network, that I wouldn't want to own the Tower Records right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, and, it, and the thing was, too... Um, when you're in a band and when you're relying on a record company to go to adapt to the times, it's pretty tough because they, you're they still have it. yeah. And, and and I think a lot of record companies were upon being stubborn because they had to be uh, like refusing to move on and change over to these formats and stuff like that. Running these places and it was tough being in a band, um, but it was also like. You kind of also wanted to fight that thing too. Like, I would love to be able to put out a record or to be able to put out a CD, and I, I want you guys to buy the CD. I don't want you to buy the download card. Yeah, you know, that was something where because you maybe were an old soul, you wanted. Yeah, you were like resistant to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bands that hopped on board were the ones that really did well and yeah. could make the that that much more money to sustain you know mm-hmm. we uh, we got to a point I remember like our the last tour um, after like a series of after a terrible van transmission blow van yeah. lose all your money that you 
had had earned on tour kind of experience. I remember just like all of us being like, well, things are gonna always be one way or the other. No matter no matter how successful we are, uh, we'll have to face the humble like truth of it all. Was that? Was there an exact moment where you guys decided it's time? I know I, I love that you put so eloquently uh, in a conversation that you and I had. Yeah. Um, probably some other people there. I, I do remember like all the random times of talking to lots of people, but for some reason, all the shows I saw you guys, that was such a, a moment for me. But I also wasn't going these alone, so anyone listening who doesn't know me, it wasn't creep. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> my group of friends, that was how we all got together. Yeah, it was almost a reason there, to hang it, out. There was a time a where we, go. we wouldn't really talk that much, because I was living in Vermont. I was, in, yeah. I was in college, and then it would be like, hey, Polly's playing a show. Let's all travel some ridiculous location. And that was your way to catch up and, yeah. and then spend the time together that you... See our friends, yeah. and, and we built friendships, and we traveled to... Like, Why would I ever go to, like, Garfield, New Jersey? Yeah. Or in Massachusetts, <laughs> or, like, oh, know, we didn't go... All about far. records. Do you remember that show in the basement? Do I remember... 30 people in a tiny 8-whatever-size room. I wish I could eat, I wish I could tell you a story, but it's... Well, you could say it and then we'll cut it out. It won't <laughs> yeah. make it to record. I wouldn't even want to... Uh, I wouldn't even want to air this person's crazy story. You like can that, but craziness. On the main street. In the van. Weird stuff. We'll turn these off afterwards. If yeah. you feel comfortable. That's fun, Massachusetts. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this part after we yeah. put it in there. Yeah. Um, one thing I remember when Paulson played up at my uh, college, and mm-hmm. they actually were banned from it after that night because we got a trash hotel room together. Oh, nice. It was like Jeff like was taking like a club and just put shit in the wall. <laughs> we get to this hotel in upstate New York because we're yeah. on the next town over, and they left a note on the door. The keys are here. There's nobody there, wow. and we all got pretty intoxicated. Just, and I was part of a cab or one of those groups that put it together, so I couldn't technically be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can get in some. I had to pay like a lot of money. I'm sure Logan did it. Uh, was probably yep. the biggest we, instigator of it all. I, we were trying Actually, to jump. Really? All mischievous. Uh, Jesse and the the guy who wasn't was the Smeen, uh, No, no, this is when the, they had this was after Smeen. The other guy. They had this, the fake Smeen. Yeah, fake Smeen. Yeah. Uh, Jesse. He was actually a young professional at this time. Yeah. He played yeah. the show and left. He was doing a presentation. Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. He had some very, sort of like yeah. conference call or something. He was doing something on a Mac. I had to get him like, he was very good. But then yeah. we were like jumping off a bed trying to jump through a wall. Oh, yeah. Like, I think they either a mattress or we took something out and tried to go sledding with it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it was like vicariously living those nights of like the, the tours I never would have come. Yeah, we, uh, but, touring with Paulson was always like a... Your exact words, I think it was one of the Logan or Alex that turned to me and was like, well, Father was here, his face would be fire, and it would come everywhere. <laughs> it's so, I so that, uh, accurate. It's so, your touring years. so accurate. There's definitely a level of homoeroticism within your fans. Yeah. Yeah, why? Why is that? It's true. It's weird. We, But we were always like that. I don't know. They're, you know, watching the first tour, I have... I carried a camcorder with me the first couple tours, wow. so I have old video footage that Not maybe one day we'll compile uh, yeah. together, because there's just, like, really incredible moments, um, and even, like, old sets of ours when we were kids, like, playing in some weird-ass state, you know? But there are a lot of dicks. A lot of dicks make their appearance. Uh, 
Very unnecessarily. My friends and I we were also like very homoerotic with each other. It was and weird. Then, like, like, even I just like clicks. Yeah. Very homoerotic. Uh, very, very touchy, and, and a game uh, verbally would you know like he would be like, "Are you going to see him suck on that little dick?" Like, yeah. That's, that's a question he would ask you as a way almost to say like, "Oh, how you been?" Yeah, yeah, but when we talk about Long Island, he walked out of the venue, we were standing outside, just trying to figure out, uh, we were about to go in. He walks out, I was like, King, how are you? Uh, he kissed me on the lips. This is what, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? The lips? Uh, Everything. A, a lip kiss. A lip? And yeah. I was talking about a kidney stone that he had. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. Well, like, I haven't seen you in three years. The we game of stones, we were calling it. Beautiful. Oh, we didn't say yeah. hello. We didn't say how are you, how's your family. We didn't do anything with lip kiss, kidney stone, dick talk. Yeah. <laughs> three three sentences or less. Three. And I'm on board with any of that talk goes. Yeah. Like, let's go. And oh, the man. whole band, you guys were all... Well, I didn't know Arvin and Jeff for a little while. I met Akeem first. I kind of feel like I would always talk to him. I remember he was him. one of the more uh, like social butterflies in the band. Yeah, and so we, chances are you met Akeem first. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And then I remember sometime we went to the diner together and I sat with like you and Anthony. Yeah. There's a number of years where I only said hi to Jeff and Arvin because they were so quiet. Yeah, uh, well, they more, probably weren't hammered either. Yeah, I was more intimidated by them a little. Maybe. And then years later, like, nothing but hot things to say about anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except that one. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not true. That one. <laughs> They're all stand-up men. Yeah, they really are. And, Good dudes. Come everywhere. That's, that's like, funny, and that's, that is something that, uh, did Logan say that? It must have been. Or, or Mike. Or no, Mike wasn't yeah. been. So you guys weren't out there chasing uh, skirts. I don't like to use that term. Pursuing uh, promiscuous sex for women. No. It was mostly uh, alcohol. Yeah, so and that's the funny thing, too, is like, you know, my great. students, especially, whenever I mentioned that I was in like a touring punk rock band or whatever. Are you? Is it fair to say that you're uh, Mr. Monogamous? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Did you? Yeah. Uh, and, and all of us, I mean, none of us took advantage and there were a couple of random occurrences, of course. By advantage, you mean like rape? You mean yeah, yeah, no, nothing like that. But even we were like um, the big, the big uh, misconception is that if you're in a traveling band, especially one that parties and drinks, that you're gonna like try to get girls, and and that was actually like the very last thing that would ever happen. Uh, and it was usually Anthony that got the girls, and his strategy, genius enough, not talking, was because he just. Stayed up the longest. <laughs> That's what I should have done. <laughs> right? Wait, and if I actually talked to women, that could have worked? So yes. Jeff, you're a female, so. No, isn't that, is that true? Right? Um, women tend to, like, have relationships with men that talk to them? Yeah. Oh, that's that's what I did wrong this whole time. Oh, okay. you gotta talk? You gotta, so you have to say hello first. Yeah, you gotta kinda. Like, uh, say hello? Yeah, like, have a little You can't just ogle them? No, hiya, hiya, hiya. So you guys want you got it. I'm just saying up thing. I, I see you got if you're staying up late though, you have to be able to really keep someone in a conversation. No, and and, and uh, Anthony became uh, you know more smooth as the night went on. Yeah. Every night. I was telling John before um, you walked in that there was one time I stayed at his apartment and I uh, stayed up till like five in the morning because I didn't drink. But instead of talking to women, which I probably should have done, yeah. I played uh, Mario. Uh, Super Nintendo with Brian Graham, I think. Graham, probably, Brian yeah. Graham. Really? Yeah. But now looking back, it's like I could have talked to a woman and had a chance encounter. Well, that was the thing with us too. Um, and, and like when you're with a bunch of dudes for a long period of time, of course you get like crazy. You get like 
crazy, you know, like like coming out of prison crazy kind of thing. And but us, it was weird. We there was like a lot of weird homoeroticism. Uh, maybe that was just misguided frustration because like none of us shacked up with anybody. But we were all well, not not all of us, and not all the time. Um, we were kind of little Holden Caulfields, though. We would, you know, we would get the prostitute to the room, but pay her not to have sex with us. So that kind of thing. Like so, a rat race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the last thing on the list of, of tasks to complete in being in a band was like sexual gratification. It was more just weird, almost repressed sexual debauchery. I, look, now that I know you're a crew of Catholic, you're making so much more sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. The guilt, to, the guilt to the room, like, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why do I, I have some sort of moral uh, conscience? But I didn't, too. Like, I fucked up here and there. And, I hope so. You know? Yeah, I mean... Live. Yeah. But that's not the band, that's just the... Because it was the band... You knew those guys who went out and toured for us to get. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we, we but, toured with bands like yeah. that. That would, like, almost in a predatory fashion they would play as part of their hunt and it was really strange like it was kind of it was really lame you know if that's the reason you're doing this that it's got to be more spiritual than that it can't yeah. just be for for this like useless kind of I'm sure it will feel awesome to get your dick sucked but it's you know that's not what it's all about I felt like your band was genuinely in the quest and love of music but I always felt this archetype of male that started showing up to shows later, specifically in yeah. the Connecticut region. Oh, yeah. Of, like, the fret guy that I was trying to avoid. Yeah, we had, had we had some... And band members of other bands and audience members. And I always, for me, punk rock was an escapism from that. Yes. But then I would find the, almost like a sheep in a wolf's clothing. Like, you'd meet, like, a guy in a band, or a girl, but mostly, I mean, mostly men. Yeah. Uh, and they would be that guy. But in the punk rock band, it's like, no, man, we're getting away from this. We respect women, and we're like politics. Yeah, yeah. And, but no, it's just, I think those archetypes exist everywhere. And it's yeah. kind of disappointing. Absolutely, it is. And, you know, for all the, the shitheads that you encounter, um, you do run into, like, truly genuine, awesome oh, dudes all along the way. And those were always the bands that we took to, the ones that, like, on tour we'd hang out with. When did you start getting the take bands out? Oh, well, before I actually had thought something funny. Cool. To, to, to prove your point of folly being, like, a moral compass and not going to yeah. jail, Jeff <laughs> is now engaged to Amanda, a band yeah. of, what, seven or eight plus years of the band? Yeah. They okay. didn't even go on a single date until the band was over. Yeah, yeah. There Maybe you go. I might be off like a day or two. No, like they are now engaged, which is so sweet. Yeah. There was no predatory like. No. Maybe. Definitely. It was very not. like too respectful almost, but it worked yeah. out. Yeah, I think I think all of us um, we had at least enough respect to not ever take advantage of like being in a band for that reason. Um, you guys had a lot of. Uh, myself, so I, I can make fun of myself. Uh, chubby white dudes with glasses. <laughs> like, a lot of like people who look like me were probably more into your band than like super. It'd be an interesting study. Uh, very strange, like sociological I've study. I've your shows and I've met you, your bands. Like, they look more like me than anyone taking else. Samples. Yeah, like, there's um, 
Yeah. That's Kid, that Kid Dub that we just I saw recently. Yeah. I don't know his last name. But he's someone who's been going to your shows forever and ever, and I always run into him. Yeah. Uh, oh, Doug Katz. Yeah. yeah. It, it Actually, it's funny. Jackie thought when I said Chris Chris Ruggles coming over. We look alike. Uh, I, I kind of forgot we were doing this. <laughs> that, that's my job. That's my job. I can't do that. No, but it's funny because you you're like oh, she, she she thought that Doug Katz was coming over to do this. Understandably. Dougie. Curly hair. I just got a haircut. And I have wavy hair. Yeah. yeah no, I, 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 I get it. I get it. You know, one of the most... No, and then I said, oh, Rebel, right. Amanda's friend. And then yeah, I had to clarify. And we hung out at the last show. So yeah. you were engaged. Yeah, yeah. That didn't married. end up good. It didn't end up well. I got married. Hey-oh! Yeah. Oh! Oh! How'd the engagement go? Well, terrible. terrible. We got married. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta use that. That's good. Just go. That's gold, Jerry. Let's go. Oh, I wrote signs on down here. Yeah. I, 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 sorry, I'm putting the good questions close together. So oh, man. I the time. I love it. No, it, we have, we have time. Oh, plenty of time. Yeah, we don't have to go. We were actually, well, the thing was we were going to go for you? Yes. Yeah, when? I want to know this. Nice. Around seven? Where? Nine was. Yeah. They're making stick with, uh, with very Rob that you just yeah. expect that you got. Yeah. They don't cook small. Nice. And there's dessert. Yeah, and this is like, and then tomorrow. I'm on vacation this week. I don't even told you I was. Is it? Yeah, what? Yeah, I don't uh, come here. I'm just tipping off. I was wondering. What are you doing now? I'm going to City tomorrow. Oh, nice. Never been. Ever. Few times. Great. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, her, my wife's aunt and uncle, unofficial aunt and uncle, is like. Are you, are you a gambling dude? Not a little. And yeah, me drink. That's why. I, yeah. So I'm like. Well, I, I drink. That was one of the things I did there. I just, one of the only things. I'm not going to spend any money and get on vacation. Yeah. I'm so domestic about this. I think there's other shit there that could oh, yeah. entertain though. Comedy. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to sit in a fucking pool, have some daiquiris, there you go. and do fucking nothing. Yeah. I don't even give a shit. I can't even fucking wait. Have, and that's that's the beauty of old age too. Like you don't you, do, you don't have that urgency to like you know, have to do things. Mm-hmm. Like just put me put me poolside. Yeah. And uh, just let me sit in peace. Like I like the idea of travel. <laughs> I, I love it, but I would never yeah. be someone who would like go spend money and fly to like Aruba and, or Cancun and sit by a, like a pool. Yeah. Just because my my income is so limited of like travel. So like if I'm going to do that, I want to do it for an adventure. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to Italy in uh, November. Nice. Never been. First uh, time I've always wanted there. to go. Yeah, honeymoon actually. Good. Yeah. Another very smart thing we did. Is when you get married, you know people give you a lot of money. Yeah. So instead of going on a trip right off the bat, we're like, let's see how much we get. Pay off some debt. Yeah. Be very smart. Let's collect our money and figure it out. That's a really good idea. Group, group on. If you guys are Groupon users, keep your eyes open. She is. I got a trip to Italy. I'll tell you all the time. Let's, let's get breast tacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, seven days, six nights in Tuscany, airfare, rental car, hotel, and breakfast included. Thousand dollars per person. You had to buy two, so two grand. Two fucking uh, rental thousand bucks. I'm going for all that shit. I'm gonna be. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. That's what I would want to do. Just give me a rental car. In Italy, yeah, they don't go after people who like. That's incredible. Part of the sex trade. That is incredible. This is on affairs. You know, like gay men who like that kind of. I was trying to afford uh, for us to go see our buddy Pete, who you probably met before. Yes, yes. Best friend Pete Mutika. He lives in Maui. Oh God. Just the airfare is more. Mm-hmm. Uh, not more, but almost mm-hmm. about seventy-five percent of that. You can't get a trip to uh, Italy for under a grand ticket wise. So we saw this. Is this a Groupon deal? This is I. I've looked at Groupon for months and months. Yeah. And yeah, it was, I do get those, but I yeah. always delete them because I'm always go on the app and just look at Groupon yeah. travel. Yeah. And um, well, I was gonna go to Costa Rica. I saved up. Yeah. I saved up about two grand for a trip. Literally right, two really grand. Awesome place so I kept finding like the same kind of idea, like rental car and. Uh, 
Yeah. Airfare included. Go to Costa Rica, and there's Italy that popped up. It's like, and then I made some shit. Did some calls. You got a Tuscany. Tuscany. Tuscany cherry. Yeah. You're telling me there's not a single room available in Tuscany. That's incredible. Not even one. I forgot we were talking before, but yeah, it, what does it matter? Oh, so what? How did you guys end up on Triple Crown? Because Oh, that must have been a fun time in your life. You're working your shitty job. You know, it was. There was like the band was. Re- I remember there was an energy around you that, like, you guys were being right court. around there. Yeah, we were. Do you remember the second? Uh, it was called the Polish nightclubs in Meriden, Connecticut, and it was on the second floor. Yeah, yeah. And it was you had like all your shit up there. We, we were played, like, kind of we played, was that with With Honor? With Honor, yeah. Dire Life um, and Pieces played. This is um, like a Connecticut legend. Gene broke his nose that show. Yep, with his guitar. With his own guitar. I was with my ex-girlfriend at the time. And I was sitting there, he did one of those moves where he brought the guitar up. Yeah. Played the fucking show. Played the whole show. Yeah. Whole show bloody as hell. Yeah. And he would walk into the crowd and rub his blood on me in the middle of it. Because we were all yeah. friends at this point. Awesome. And he rubbed blood on me in the middle of the show. Yeah. And that then, sounds about right. Yeah, and I like that. I like it, it turned into a Gigi Allen Guar cool. concert kind of. We still talk like Amanda and Crystal and Alicia and Sleep, like all like the, the crew yeah. Ryan and yeah. those guys. We talk about that show as one of the best like members I've ever had in my life. Of really? Like, shows like because it was Polly played and which was great. But then with honor, with played, honor, and that's um, with honor was like the shit. That's our. That's our. That was a beautiful, beautiful time in music. Um, right, right around there. In pieces, do you remember them? This was like 2003. Yeah, maybe Connecticut. Were they from Connecticut? But we were in, in love. Pieces was from Connecticut. We yeah. were in love with the pieces. Look oh, honor, me too. Life in your life. Yep. And like Nick Todd. Yeah, I know. I man kiss him. I man kiss him. He was so sweet. He, well, talk about a like a positive role model, a peer model, like somebody that was with you, not above you. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody I, was just like super fucking genuine and awesome. I don't know if this is still true, but I know he took your path and became a teacher as well. I wouldn't doubt I it. He was a junior. He was a teacher. Right? You know, he was. Like, that was oh, his so persona as a frontman so, that do, band. Do you remember, like, that must have been fun, like, going into a recording studio and, like, you're living the dream, man. Like, It was a really interesting videos. process. We, um, at the time, like you said, we were being courted, and it was kind of, it was kind of funny in a way, because we were all of a sudden in a position where we could kind of pick and choose, like... Do you remember what labels? Like, if you um, Victory was one. And we were, like, you know, we grew up on Snapcase. And, yeah. And Hapery and shit. But we always heard at the time, too, horror stories about Victory and the yeah. commitments and whatever. Um, although, like us, we didn't really know any better, and we're just like, well, Victory! Like, we talked, like, you guys had this illusion of, like, you didn't really care, blah, blah, blah. But did you have a good lawyer? Like, did you guys have good things in place? No, no. <laughs> We didn't have anybody. We didn't have anything. We never and and, and it was all, like, luckily, Armin knew better. He knew things. Like, he knew what to look out for, and he knew what was reasonable. But we relied on other bands, um, other friends of ours that had gone through the process. You know, at that time, too, we... we Do you remember those bands offhand? Not necessarily. I don't um, want you to make it sound like it was more. It was more so like our friend, like Paulson, you know, guys yeah. like that. Um, they could have got... We would consult good. Jesse and Alex about, mm-hmm. like, shit record contract stuff um, so you guys were really a self-run band yeah that's for the level until you Triple Crown okay. and then we met and then we got a lawyer like we okay know, it, but oh, okay. it was because it was from the recommendation and, and mm-hmm. um, you know a guy that had worked with Triple Crown bands so why, why Triple Crown um, I have um, say, great label though I've yeah you know it experience? was very good experience uh, we it was it was kind of cool because they um, were a band that 
I'm sorry, they were a band. They were a record label that had different styles of music on their label, which was very telling to us about like our the acceptance and what we did and, and the fact that we played different styles of music and they had brand new. Yeah, and, and brand new at the time too was was just blowing up. Just becoming yeah. the biggest band in the world. And I wouldn't even say at the time we signed that they were um, they were gone by the time you guys got on there. They were? They were. Were they on They too? did the thing with Razor and Ty. Um, they did... Um, Deja and Tendu came out. Right around the same era. Yeah. Because I'm in high school when you guys got signed, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe they did that in partnership. I remember, like, meeting those guys and, and like... Wow. Uh, and thinking, like, oh, this these guys are doing really well for themselves. Yeah. But I think even after that, they just... You know. Well, they showed that they can do that great pop punk album because your favorite weapon is still one of their favorite albums. Yeah, yeah. I go back to it, but they turned around and, much like your band, they did something and became known for it and did the complete. Like, where's this convenience? I just listened to their, um, that new album. The one. Waste album. Daisy? I just, yeah, Daisy. Yeah, Daisy. I really, what was the one before that? Their, uh, something about God, God and the Devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I love. That album's awesome. I gotta try that because I kind of gave up on them too. You know, it's like, but every album is so good. You just sometimes have to listen to it like two times. Did you have to grow? Because I find I have to grow as a person to get certain. Yeah, well, because oh, you yeah, like, want that like old, you know, I want that old brand new. But the new stuff is, I have to appreciate the new stuff too. Because if they made the shower scene again or 7 times 7 I'd be like, right. grow the fuck up. Yeah, exactly. Well, even like, we were watching live feed from Warp Tour the other day. <laughs> Because that's like how Warped Tour is now. I said, why would you pay yourself? Why would you even pay to go to Warped Tour? I can watch it in my air conditioned apartment on the internet, you know? Yeah, like, I went to Warped Tour in 96. Yeah, so you're watching Saves the Day, and you're like, he sounds different. Like, they sing old songs, and it was just like weird. Like, I don't know. I mean, there's a guy that wants to do it forever and it's going yeah, to do it forever. Yeah. I, I listened to um, Nothing to Write Home About with Matt Pryor and the Ghetto Kids. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of interesting because he's a guy who's like, that's like, I'm going to do this forever. So it's kind of here, like, it's you, but if you were 40 with kids and still trying to get to go at it. And like, yeah. It's just like, oh, this would have been your life. And it, it's, we grew up with this DIY mentality, fuck nine to fives and all that. Yeah, sure. But now he's never home. He doesn't see his kids as much. And, like, travel is uh, work, and being home is being stay home. It, Interesting. It's yeah. not the life that we... I want that 9 to 5. I would kill yeah. the 9 to 5. <laughs> I, I, I work some odd out. Not too bad anymore, but I've done yeah. overnights. I've done retail. I've done everything shitty. Yeah, me too. me too. So, like, now I'm like, oh, my God, 9 to 5? It is kind of nice. Traffic? Get home or it's not. You know, it's, it's truly the, the daily grind, but uh, it does have its perks. Then you can make money. Yeah, that, well, that too. I mean, but you I mean, you can't be like, then I'm in, like, reunited all the time. Yeah. Oh, here, I'll just put this on your back. Yeah. I'll put it in. I'll try to put it in. I guess, like, yeah. your kind of thing together, fans are going to want to see you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to have some sort of income, yeah. or, like, sell your stuff into a different facet. You guys never sold um, your stuff, your music or anything? Was it offered? Was it even asked? What do you mean? Sell your song to commercial. Oh, no, no, no. That you guys didn't make commercial enough music yeah, to live yeah, off I don't of. think anybody... I don't mean that as an insult. No, I, no. I mean, that's just reality. Uh, if you want to be... We were never really approached uh, for that medium. No, never. You stayed on Triple Crown. Was that part of the contract, or you just kept happy? We did, um... 
Two. I, it was a two album thing, which we felt was very fair. We had, and we, at the time we wrote, um, or we're planning on recording Insanity later, we already had like a bunch of other song ideas that we started that we hadn't finished and wouldn't make it on the record. So again, the demos you did, is it true that Shah Haloon sang on piano player? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, piano player and on, they did the gang vocals on all the, on the demos. How did that come to be excited when we started that room? You know, that was, that was in 2002. We, um, we went to Big Blue Meanie to record these demos. Where's that? It's in Jersey City. Oh, that's um, cool. And it was like a... It was a really cool experience, but Shai Halud was recording at that time in the studio, like in one of the other studios, and we buddied up with them. We were playing pool with them and whatever, oh, wow. and, and just one day asked, like, hey, Gert, you know, and, and the thing was... We were still young enough to be like nervous little kids asking this yeah. this band because Shai Lud was like one of the huge hardcore influences on us. Yeah, we were just like absurdly huge fans of those guys at a young age. So having them like there in the same studio was it was kind of like the closest we would ever get really in that punk world yeah. to being starstruck. Yeah, yeah. You know? But uh, Geert was like. To me, as a as a singer, the fucking screamer of a hardcore band, one of the best. And uh, and I just remember very casually asking him, like, "Hey, I have this part uh, for this song. You you want to do the vocals without any sort of reservation? Just like, yeah, hell yeah, you know." Um, and those guys did did the gang vocals, and the guitarist called us. What did he call us? Death ska. I think I remember reading that AP. Death Ska. That's so crazy. Yeah. And that's pretty, uh, I say it later, which is from, uh, Seinfeld quote. Yeah. Who, yeah. are you all the Seinfeld fans, or is it just a few of you? Absolutely. We, um, with that demo, like, that's kind of how Triple Crown found out about us, I think. That was all part okay. of the buzz. Yeah. Um, Fred Feldman from Triple Crown, he was the, the reason, one of the big reasons why we went with him, because he was such a cool dude. We just felt really trusting of him whatever and he wanted to front the money to to uh, record the album and we're like young kids we had no aspirations other than to just put out a record on a decent label that might be able to distribute whatever yeah um now to get back to the Seinfeld thing um what a show what an influence you know oh yeah shit man we were as you know, it's kind of insane in our own minds. We, we were a band about nothing, you know, and that's, I think, kind of what... Yeah. Why we identified so much with Seinfeld as a show about nothing. Um, these character representations, too, I think were very telling for for what we hope to accomplish lyrically and um, philosophically. Yeah. You know, there is that book, The, the, the Philosophy of Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Yeah. You know, and, and I think... That show was something that spoke to us. Arvin and a game mainly. Yeah. <laughs> or a game mainly. Well, and the brothers, we should throw out that. Yeah, which, absolutely. The Kalaku cool. bros. That's, that's, um, that, that's so cool. One thing, um, so the Triple Crown, that was awesome. That was they did two great records. Spaced them out a few years, I think. Yeah, it was uh, you guys were two years apart. Into that. Like, well, four of my friends who tore off that forever. Yeah, for for a few years <laughs> there. Years and years. But that, and we were like compiling music. That that demo that we did with uh, piano player and stuff. That was mm-hmm. a big springboard for well, that song was so different than Four My Friends EP. Yeah. And that I think would be called the first taste of the wheel of uh, what Polly. I think be. so. I think so. And um, 
Yeah, it's nice to get to hear the early. I remember being at your old apartment. You were playing maybe like a Scott song when you guys had like oh yeah, early, like maybe ninety eight, early nine, sort of Jelly Bean style. Ryan, yeah, yeah, and that was so great. We what? What's that? Oh, yeah, did I play in East Rutherford? Yeah, it was like we played Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and East Rutherford? Yeah. Good times. Um, and I noticed that you have a love of puns and literature in your band. Yeah. Has anyone else yes. pointed that out? The Bonfire of the Manatees? Yeah. And Walter White Whale? Um, we, uh, I guess I'm responsible for that. I assume. Lyrically. But I think, like, uh, as a mindset, we were all witty kind of dudes, you know, like, uh, I'm especially, like, I guess I'm kind of a conduit for the things that I read and, yeah. and get um, blown away by. The, the new stuff we've been working on and the stuff I've been writing has actually been more literature-influenced than any of the stuff I've ever written. Walter White Whale is, like, a very good, I, I think, template for what to expect lyrically for all the yeah. new stuff. So there's uh, future plans for the band? Yeah, stuff. I think there's. Uh, I don't want to make you say something that you can't say. It's not anything that like has been established. It's just something that we we've, we've had we've had that itch to, to play a little bit. Um, We're but, all still friends. Yeah, like and that that's not some bullshit like thing. Like, no, no, and that genuinely. Uh, the thing friends. is, we we didn't like call up each other, you know, on the bat phone one day to say like, hey, we should write some new stuff. It was very much organic like it always yeah. was um, it wasn't uh, your version of the 1979 Muppets movie where, no it, uh, it totally a, is a long journey to get the band back together and you replying that I can't believe you're the one that figured it out but that's exactly, that's why I'm here <laughs> exactly the influence god damn it plagiarists I can trip that's it again sellouts man <laughs> cause I know like uh, Jeff and the, all you guys are like, so yeah. like obviously you keep an art we'll always have to know each other yeah, they're gonna have to. Related, mm. that will do it. Yeah, but we're we're all very close. Um, physically speaking, we're all, or spatially speaking, we're all close enough where we can. Isn't be. that kind of nice? Cause I thought Arden yeah. was moving to Colorado at one point. He almost that was did. Why the band was? Uh, oh yeah. He almost did, and then oh for God. a while there, Jeff did move. Oh, Jeff did move twice. Yeah, he moved to Arizona, and then he and was then, um, in North Carolina. Yeah, you know it's funny. I Amanda's. Uh, I'm sure hear that part. Amanda and I have this odd friendship where we uh, we text almost every day or every few days. That's and awesome. while she was living in Arizona or North Carolina, it made no difference to me because the whole time I showed the Connecticut for the most part, I was in the So we never saw each other frequently, but for some odd reason, we're very drawn to each other. We would talk all the time. That's awesome. And then she moved back to Jersey, and I was like moving out to Rhode Island. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nothing changes. No, no. And that's, that's, that's the mark of a good away. friendship, man. It's no effort. No, and I mean, it shouldn't. See each other, it so shouldn't be. Hey. It has to be a, a naturally occurring and a great. It has to be a great mystery, you know. Yeah. I think a good friendship, um, a good lasting friendship, is always going to be some sort of like profound curiosity. Why? Why do I like you? Yeah. You know, like what? Wait, what is it about you? Actually, yeah. What is this? I noticed too with you guys, um, and more. I guess I got to spend more time with Jeff since they were together yeah. throughout the years. There's almost like a humility of him being in Bali. I don't know if you all had felt that. Or like, maybe it got better, but like, you guys didn't really want to talk about the band outside of the band. 
or if like a Holly song came on, like it was my 25th birthday party, Amanda and Jeff were probably just started dating, and uh, Jeff came to our party. Jeff was probably like, oh, turn this shit off, or... We were all in the basement, and, and yeah. we actually asked Jeff to leave, because it was a group of us who all loved the band, and that was like our thing, we always saw Polly, and we're like, yeah, hey, yeah. Jeff, it's going to get a little awkward for you, we're going to play Broken right now, and you scream, and the drums going to be stupid. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, it sucks. You know, something quippy. So, yeah, exactly. And it was That's almost this humility, like, and even on the first time at my wedding, uh, we walked out here to dance, was it the reception? Yeah. Is that where you dance? Yeah, it's called that. The thing. Yeah, yeah. The, Not the ceremony. Uh, the reception. The reception. Right? Like when you walk out. The, yeah. The, 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 oh no, no, we just walked. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> during the dancing part, so I think that's the reception. That walk out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because I and um, so we're in a circle. We're standing there, and I yeah. brought my younger cousin Nick, who's a few years younger than me, and he, okay. one of my groomsmen, and we're very close because he's my younger cousin. Yeah. And um, so we're standing in a circle. He's a little drunk, and Jeff and Amanda and a few of my friends are there, and 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 Nick is like. I'm so sorry to do this. I have to do this show. I have such, and just went on like a, a minute long, like, I love your band and you meant so much to me growing up. And just, just probably got red faced and, oh, and, yep. and wouldn't make eye contact. So awkward. We all, we all get that way. I know. It's, it's very, horrible. yeah, it's very strange. And then, but then, he was very pleasant like, for thank you. And then they had yeah. like, a very. Well, but, that's the thing. Like, we're. Just catches him off guard. Like, oh yeah, I did that thing that we put out for hopefully thousands and thousands of people to hear. Yeah. It happened recently. I, I went with my buddy Rocco um, about a month ago to see the Mad Caddies, who's like one of my favorite Scott. I Hunter actually wrote down if you've ever been recognized outside of a show or that you're not playing. Yeah, plenty of times. But in this case, um, but not like yeah, you know, every every fucking time, well, every, every fucking person. Um, random random people though, like come up out of nowhere and say like. Dude, I just want to say you guys are great, whatever you know. And it's just one of those moments where you're so appreciative that you are embarrassed. And I, I don't know if like I don't ever want anybody to mistake like our embarrassment and humility for like um, for for embarrassment and humility. It's really appreciation. It's really us. Like our physical awkward mannerisms are like you know. Thank you. It's really incredible that you that you liked us. It's really, really amazing. That's so sweet. But that's gotta be awkward. I wouldn't know how to handle someone talking to me. Yeah. It, well, that's the thing. You're startled because you you do get stuck in your own little mindset and worldview that when somebody else recognizes you from something you've done, it's just like it's a revelation of sorts. Every single time, it's kind of like one of those like holy shit really like you were paying attention we were talking before we recorded like that southern hospitality like growing up in the northeast you're like yeah. closed off and you don't talk to people you yeah don't, you don't talk to strangers you yeah. do not do that and then in the midwest and the south people walk up and say hi if, they don't, if you're not famous or yeah. recognizable and I think that's one of the things it, it, it startles you out of your like selfish stuck mode whatever it is you're in um, now the about a month ago, going to see the Mad Caddies, they played Asbury Lanes. It was a weeknight. Um, it was a Scott Punk show. And it was fucking packed. And everybody was having a good time. And I was there with my buddy Rocco, who I've known forever. Been Scott bands with, like, when we were kids and whatever. Oh, wow. Um, we were both sitting and standing in the back just watching. And almost every ten minutes just looking at each other saying, like, holy shit, man. Look at this. Look at, look at how awesome this is. Uh, but we were there to see Mad Caddies. Um, 
luckily, when we got in, there was a Jersey band playing who was really awesome, um, called The Best of the Worst. Now, I had heard of these guys because they played with Arben's band, Avoider, mm-hmm. in, uh, at a Warren War Legion Hall, uh, a Legion show in oh, wow. Jersey about a year ago or so. I remember Arvin texted me like, dude, this band that we're playing with is covering a Folly song. And then this past Halloween, they did a full Folly cover set in New Brunswick. At the Court Tavern, to bring it full circle. Yeah, the Court Tavern. The um, two episodes before you, well, this recording, this whole, that, that basically, uh, this current present day, there's yeah. an episode, the one before it was of Dan Shields, who uh, you met, you know, many times. Yeah, yeah, Folly. sure, absolutely. He worked at the Court at the time and played that show. Oh, nice. He told me. I think he knows those. I don't think he works at this event. Exactly. Did he see? Because Arbin and he the team went to, to the show. I think the... I don't know the band's members' names, but I think yeah. they uh, told Dan the latest story, I hope it's okay to say, that one of the guys said it was a mindfuck to have um, play the set and have a member of the band that you love come over and say, you played your songs better than us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was so probably one of the guys in the headset. Yeah, th- those guys were. It was just really like you know, truly an honor for a band to to choose so happy to learn our songs. You yeah. then continued on to have the legacy because towards the end, I recognized like being kind of like the Kipsy area at one time. I was yeah. at a concert with some friends in college. We go down and everyone like Folly is like, yeah, what that is. Yeah, that's something. The reverberating effects of it all too. You, you think it just ends when you do? It doesn't. And, it uh, on. and it continues on. And, and it's kind of cool too playing these shows lately. Um, well, who recognized ones... you? Because I feel like I don't ever finish stories. And I'm now oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm back sorry. to this, back to this. Um, okay, so we're up. we're hanging out, um, and we're hanging out kind of closer to the merch tables, and uh, we were talking about shit. Rocco and I were talking about ska bands and stuff. We were having this like you know old timey conversation about ska punk bands that we always loved, um, and this dude came into the discussion out of nowhere jumped in he's like oh do you like those guys and whatever we, we had this chat you know like a, a ska chat ska punk bands yeah. from the early 2000s chat and it was really fun whatever and in our own cheesy way we're kind of like rejoicing as old guys that used to be part of all of that um, I recognized that it was the, the drummer of that band best mm-hmm. of the worst mm-hmm. so I'm talking to him and um, I don't know if I mentioned it or if Rocco mentioned Folly or whatever and he started talking about Folly and saying all these things like, oh these guys are so awesome whatever uh, and I remember having this full on conversation with him when I, I didn't come out and tell him like hey I was in that band whatever. Yeah, I had a full conversation with him about Folly uh, he kept saying too it was great he kept saying like oh man I saw them at that show at Birch Hill with Mustard Plug and of course I would say like oh yeah I was there too you know couldn't... it was like one of those truthful lie type yeah. conversations um, you're not doing this in a mean way it's just no not at all in, in a facetious kind of way you just don't want to I didn't want to be right? that like you it's know like hey dropping. and once you start you can't stop you can't you know you gotta keep yeah. going with it so I kept going I kept going for a long time, and uh, and the conversation ended or whatever. At the end of the show, as I'm walking out with my buddy Rocco, um, the dude comes over to me and he's like, "Really, man?" Because I guess the singer had recognized me oh, yeah. and said, "Like, oh, that's the singer of Folly." And 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 
the beauty of it all in my mind is that at some point it clicked for this dude. Oh, like, fuck. I can't believe I had that whole conversation about his band. You must have been, like, because you've been the fan of so many, and then yeah. people to be the fan of you. Yeah, sure. Is yeah. that hard to, like, fathom? It is. It's impossible to fathom. Because this is your life. Yeah, yeah. But to someone, somewhere, there's a persona of you. There's a persona, sure. And it's like... Hmm. Yeah, and the, they, they might never know that, uh, you know, I play in an adult men's league baseball yep. team. Yeah. Uh, they're not they, Facebook friends with all your fans. They might never know that I'm a huge Skyrim addict. They might never know. I just got Skyrim actually. Yeah. Good, just good bought, luck getting out of it, my friend. I just put my brother sold me an uh, old PlayStation 3 with a shit ton of games for $100. I can't play it until Saturday because I'm going to wait for the week. Wait till you're haggling with some Argonian for some Daedric armor. You'll know what it means soon. See, see, I told you these things go quick. You, you gotta take dinner to go to, don't you? Can you believe that's been like an hour and a half? Really? I talked for like ten hours with you. I, I was gonna say, if you ever <laughs> want to do this again, please. I come to this area all the time. I would love to. Like, even if you want to just grab a drink, I should set this off mic. I'm so yeah. Just let's just hang. I just, yeah. I've always loved you guys. Always, Likewise, you guys are always just nice people. Um, so we have two follow end questions that we have to like. Ooh, good ones. All right. Uh, so favorite places to eat. Uh, let's do it around here. Let's do it because. Food's amazing. Yes. Um, since I've got big my fan, big fan of food. Become a foodie in my older years. Um, so yeah, me always, too. Like, plug out the fucking great places to eat, man. Yeah. Uh, so we're in northeastern New Jersey. Yeah, where, northeast Jersey. Where I mean, do I go? Oh, there's so many options. I'll tell you about one place that Jackie and I specifically love, and I'm glad she turned me on to this place too because she found out about it. I Bird. forgot to ask how you guys met. Is that? Oh. Does you want to cover that? We met through Folly. It, it's a pretty terrible thing, but I met you on what Friendster or one of those oh, social media. So uh, we befriended each other. I was in a very long relationship for for quite a long time, uh, I but I knew ja- I knew Jackie. We were friendly. Did you come to the Jersey show? We were friendly. I'm, have I met you prior? I um. I used to jump through chairs. I mean, I saw him at the Sussex Legion. No, so you went off to school and stuff. Yeah, yeah too. We must in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I... The vet, man. You want to hear the, the fake story we tell? <laughs> yeah, I do. Okay. I met Jackie um, at a deli ordering a sandwich, actually. Because I ordered... Uh, what did I get? Yeah, I got the, the turkey provolone and roasted red pepper. And she got the chicken cutlet, roasted red pepper, provolone oh, sandwich. Um, and they got mixed up. And I realized that I didn't have the chicken. She had the chicken. She had the chicken. <laughs> I realized that she had the chicken. I realized that it was her who had the chicken. But I had her chicken. I had her chicken. And she had my turkey. But you guys want to come That's how it meant. That's cute. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and I go together and it's great. Um, do you want to know the truth? It's really terrible. If you feel comfortable. I saw that she liked Folly. Like a band, you know, like this a bands I like. This is MySpace age? And, yeah, yeah this was MySpace friends, Friendster Aim, right? It was before MySpace. It was before, before MySpace? MySpace. This yeah. was pre-MySpace, yeah, this was like super long times. Uh, I messaged her. I, what did I email you? Yeah. Yeah, I like emailed you. Emailed you. About Hey, you like those guys? Exactly. 
Wait, as you or as the fans? As me. Yeah. Oh, cool. I was very attracted to her. Right away. That's why. You know what's nice <laughs> is that it would be so cringy if it didn't work out. Yes. Isn't that funny how that works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, our, our relationship is like the, you know, the, yeah. the true testament that a creepy internet stalker can win the love of his life eventually. Yeah. And wear you down over time. I've met you guys at shows again. You guys always seem to compliment each other very well. I think so. I think, you know, she, she puts the dishwasher on and puts the dishes away. That's how life goes. And you have a lovely home. Thanks. I gotta say, I, was, I, I didn't know... We were burglarized in December. I'm so sorry to hear that. It was a crazy experience. I, oh. This this home has forever been tainted by some asshole kid who stole our oh. TV and Do you have insurance? And stuff. No. We do now. Uh, we have an ADT yeah. system, too, now. Yeah. Uh, we're well fortified after the fact. Punk Rock, man. You know... Punk Rock is ADT home systems. Talk about a shitty experience. We're being violated, man. Ooh. They're Couple. so ugly. They're so hopefully so close to catching them. Though. Yeah, that's. Really... Oh wow. What yeah, was your question though? They have a mysterious handprint oh, on our weed that wasn't good enough for the robbers to take. They took everything else over there, but they left our weed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> they took the PlayStation Three. They left the Wii. Smart. There you go. So you kind of, now do you kind of like them? We were thinking of contacting PS3 with that <laughs> idea. That would be a great commercial for, you know, yeah, a burglar comes in and sees both gaming systems and takes, takes the ones. So I was going to say, it's an advertising campaign. Favorite places to eat around here? Favorite places to eat around here? Well, they're everywhere. Um, there's a million awesome places, but uh, one place that that I love and that we love and we have like kind of a special thing for it it's in Elizabeth, New Jersey which is not too far it's about a half hour yeah. south uh, yeah I mean it's in it's in Elizabeth Elizabeth isn't all too bad but middle of this like residential neighborhood it, there's a Portuguese restaurant we really like it's called Valenca Valencia Valenza we're not entirely sure how to say it. Uh, but their thing is we don't even call it that we call it steak on a stone they have this hot stone apparatus that they bring out. You can get, you know, like chicken or lobster or whatever, like all different types of fish, things to cook, but you cook yourself on this hot stone. If you get the filet, you get these two huge cuts. I gotta, I gotta think they're like a good six ounces each, maybe more, eight ounces. Huge cuts of filet. Um, this garlic butter, this uh, homemade rice and homemade potato chips. And you cook the steak yourself with the garlic butter and the rice all in the stone. The best. Wow. The best, Jerry. It's the best. The best, Jerry. That's one of our favorite places to go to. That's it's awesome. kind of an experience. The, thing, the best thing about it, though, is that you, you wear your dinner the rest of the night. Because mm. you just fucking splatters all, yeah. over, all over so your you shit. Nice clothes. You can just smell like filet all oh, night. And that's okay. smell and lick your shirts. That sounds wonderful. Lick your shirts, kids. I already do. <laughs> <laughs> And so our last question, I would love to go into the food. Absolutely. Uh, see what I said, the, the time thing it just disappears. It goes. I, it could just, and I feel like... The incontrollable monster. It'd be fun if we could get, like, the demon, like, the three of us sat down. Can you imagine? At least four hours, I'd block out. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I'm not kidding. Yeah. It'd be like, let's talk about following turns, conspiracy theories, turns into what are you watching on television, which... Um, yeah. Adult ADD in oh. full effect. 
just, I, I am. You guys want a topic of conversation? No yeah. way. Digressions, always. Full on ADHD, right? Like, diagnosed, not that. Well, that isn't that life, though? Aren't we, yeah. aren't we just uh, naturally floating by the, the things that excite us at the time? Yes. Like, you I can't call that up. I'm glad that you actually had some sort of, like, tablet with questions or ideas to talk about. That's oh, pretty... I couldn't go with regret. Like, I that's a pretty outlined kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't get to half of it. Yeah, too bad we didn't talk about any of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's backup. It's like, in case it's, it's like you get here, because people can shut up. Oh, so yeah. people go in front of a mic and they open up, and yeah. there's people that were just like... Yeah. And I usually have co-hosts, so I'm still learning yes. to do this without a co-host. Imagine, so can you imagine? Yeah. Ask me a question. Just, yes, that happens. How much do you love your girlfriend? A lot. So, what about baseball? No. Yeah, <laughs> just something like stupid like that. Strikes and ball. <laughs> also, kind of, it turns into like a Rorschach test. Yeah. What do you see in this picture? I had two anal beads. Always anal beads. I had a really cool question. Yeah. Everyone. Our consistency. So, um, I, I'll give, I'm, I'm going to skip our last normal questions. Oh, no, I want one. I will do two then. So if you were to do the, um, so I listened to Mitch Hurwitz talk about archetypes of a story. Yeah. And he got the classic, like, Comedia dell'arte. I think I might be saying this wrong. Okay. But there's, like, the matri- like any Is it the fool, fool, the fool character? It's, like, the matriarch, patriarch, uh, cl- uh, craftsman, and clown. Okay, yeah. Your yeah. band of five people. Yeah. So I don't know how that's going to work, but if you were to do that for your band, who was, like, the... Who would be the archetypes? Like, ma- matriarch. I'm assuming, like, from my outside perspective, our band seems to be, like, the violated figure. Um, or the motherly figure. So yeah. And the yeah, craftsman is like the serious one in the clown. I, obviously, I mean, you can pick the four Seinfeld people, and yeah. you can do it with anybody. And, I, and it's been, I'm just curious how you do that for the Holly guys. And of course, everyone bleeds into each other. I, you know, I, I, I uh, talk about character archetypes with my students. Um, it's just a funny thing that you mentioned, because when we do, the first thing I do with my, uh, my juniors is Native Indian American. Um, origin myths, and we talk about the you know the original versions of characters, like how stories have been told forever, and there was always a fool, there was always a shaman, a wise man, uh, there was always you know like in storytelling and narrative story framing, there's there are these type of characters. Um, so, who fits who? It's a good question. You don't have to answer. Just, no, I, I want to try. I want to attempt today. Um, I really, I had thought of this maybe like uh, 30 minutes ago. I was like, yeah, no, that's a know, great, it's, it's that's great. Voice. I love it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I would say, I, I definitely know right away that Jeff is the wise man shaman. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the, um, this guy who just knows, you know, doesn't need to say he knows, but you know he knows. Mm-hmm. That's Jeff. Uh, as far as like the paternal father figure, I can I can see Arben as the caretaker, nurturer, if not just the monitor. Like, he was always the one to have the watchful eye um, in the event that we were careless or doing something. Arben was, I guess, steering the ship. You know, like that the captain. Again, that's a tough one. Everything. Uh, yeah. He's one of the most unique. All, but unique but I I might say above all that he is the fool character, and by by it's fool not. I mean I mean the voice of reason. Ah. So just like in Shakespearean literature, there's mm. the fool, the purposefully enacted fool in the narrative that although he's supposed to be 
dull-witted or stupid or not know, he actually knows more than everyone. Yeah. Right? So I, I kind of think of a game that way, not just in his mannerisms and in his personality, because he is, like, foolish, but his, like, he's the first one that will say something ultimately profound when you're not expecting it. Yeah, I can see that. Right? Um, Anthony. What is Anthony? Jesus. See the craftsman? Define the craftsman. Like a serious character. Yeah. So in Arrested Development, um, Joe is actually the craftsman. He's the craftsman. He's still a fool. Yeah, yeah. I I guess even Jason Bateman's character would be considered... um, no, because him and Lindsay are more matriarch, and matriarch Buster is the is supposed to be. And in, in I guess you could argue Buster would be the the craftsman because he was so <laughs> serious and academic. But it comes out in this foolish way. Yeah, and he know. has no actual like interpersonal like, skills he, he's whatsoever. He's continually going to uh, academia to prepare for the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he never actually will enter the, and he's always in this perpetual state of uh, adolescence. Yeah. Yeah. I podcast this blow my it's something I completely know that over, so I listen to every interview with anyone ever. That's incredible. So it's one that it's gonna find you at the right time and you're gonna fall hard for these things. Let me ask you what archetype do you think I am? Because that's hard for me know. to say. I think you made me more of the matriarch. You know? Because okay. I think you're a fool in a loving way. <laughs> yeah, I think we all are. And you all were but you all I mean you probably all share the same hat for everything. Yeah. But you you were the front man. And I think Arvin was there when things would go, and, and from what I've heard today, is like business behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. But I'm like maybe a PR or a front stuff. You would have makes to step a lot of sense actually. I think Arvin and I were kind of the um, the couple. What we were the oldest, which mm. by no means means like we had some sort of authority over but the other dudes, but... It comes I think, to your upbringing. Like, yeah. Uh, a good upbringing. Yeah. It's a good head on your shoulders. I want to call Anthony the damsel in distress. Beautiful. We should have added that in. Beautiful. That's it. It's perfect. A- Anthony, um, and I, I only, I say that, like, obviously, lovingly. Oh, um, he was the young, the young kid that yeah. we have always taken in and, and been very protective mm. over. You know, it's like the because we made an allegiance with his family like I told yeah. you about like recruiting him and stealing him away for that first tour uh, which I think in essence changed his life yeah. the course of his life forever uh, much like it changed all of our courses yeah so I think like our responsibility was always to see that Anthony was okay um, you know to watch over him as best we could I hope I didn't make you look too inward in this episode. That was not my intention today. <laughs> yeah. um, I like it. I like thinking about these yeah, things. It, it's it's yeah. all just very... This, it's still a big jarble in the mind. I, the, I, the whole experience itself has been very yeah. like, kind of incredible and chaotic and almost like undefiable oh, yeah. sort of sequence. So it's fun to try to yeah. reflect. <laughs> one thing I've been working on to make this, um, like, I've, I've gotten, like, very committed to the show, like, I really, really like it. I love it. And I have to, and it was really hard with you, is not prepare for the interview. And not, because I don't want to rehearse it ahead of time, because when you do that, you miss out things. And yeah, sure. And very hard not to do that. But it didn't yeah. come out well, but this is not what I had rehearsed in my head for it to go. <laughs> and I think that's the beauty of an episode. You just never know. How did you happen. see it? 
I thought it was going to be coming here and nerding out about college. Yeah. <laughs> and not letting you get any word of that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to do more. No, I won't let you. Uh, in my head, I might, I, I'll be, so I'm going to be very honest. In my head, I was going to trick you into doing an oral history of Holly, you know, you know. Ah. And I was going to go chronologically and research and try to like, be so suave and be like, so in 1998, you got, or like 2003, you got offered to Triple Crown Records and then yeah. you recorded in Salem. How did that go? Like one of those BBC interviews yeah, with uh, I don't like those. Like Eric those Clapton are, or something. Those are bullshit. I don't yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. I just want to have, and then, but then I know that wasn't going to happen. You know? Well, you know, I gladly, I, I, I do love to talk about us. Yeah. That's one thing. For as humble and modest as we seem, yeah. this is one, one thing in my life that I'm extremely, 100% um, grateful and appreciative and, I guess, you know, to some sort of boastful sense. I'm extremely prideful of what we've done and you what we are. Be. And, like, I, this is one thing I like to talk about. And the, the good thing is that you guys all turned out to be well, high-functioning adults. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I'll, I'll keep, I won't put this for Anthony's safety, but, like, Ryan explained to me what Anthony is doing. Ant's got a good thing going for him. He's, you know, invested Greedy. into technology, and that's, that's very much what he is and what he's always been. He's been on the, the cutting edge, and he's had his, like, figure on the pulse yet. No way! That is a bust of Anthony that he made from his 3D printer for the company Ryan that he works he for. How him and Ryan talk, you know, Ryan, I don't know if you know Ryan. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, I know. He's, he's, I know an, Ryan. he's an engineer. Did you know that? I didn't know that's what he did. No. Ryan also is one of the smartest people you will ever meet and you yeah. will never know it because he doesn't, like, let it go and he has no ego. Like, yeah. I think he got into MIT. I know he got into MIT but then went to WPI because of scholarship. He has the... He's so fucking smart. crazy engineering mind. Ridiculously smart. Yeah. I never knew Anthony was that smart either. Anthony is uh, maybe kind of just weird. like Ryan. He's a he's secret. Well, you know, it's secret, but if you were to engage him in a conversation, yeah. you would find out right away. He's like a very incredibly intelligent, yeah. well-spoken. Um, I want to think that Folly helped in his development that yeah. way, uh, but I think he's always been like that yeah. ever since I've known him. He's, he's very perceptive. The things that he knows he wants to learn, he learns them yeah. and excels in them. It's because so. he's like a short, cute Italian guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we're all moronic here. It's cool. That's it. I'm going to get the last question in. And sure. I, I hope we can do this again because I feel yeah. like I meant that you just... It's just an excuse to hang, but like, that's it. kind yeah. of all it really is. Um, um, so the last question I kind of came up with um, from hearing someone... I, I just recognized your tattoo, by the way. Oh, you never saw... I, I know I've shown you in the past... This was a long story short. A friend of mine uh, died when I was 19 uh, from a uh, heart condition. And then um, around the time the band was breaking up, we used to wear, uh, the camp in which we wore these like, bracelets for his honor, and I never took it off. The first friend of that age I died, I just couldn't fucking handle it. It was really hard. And then your band was ending, and uh, I wanted to replace the bracelet with something. Uh, I usually don't tell people the full story, because it's more like, I don't know, shit. That's and so, uh, so I, uh, it was uh, right after your band broke up, I got I was 24. Amanda came with me. I love that song. Yeah, I got this incredible in Vermont. So now awesome. I, like, I rethink it. I was like, I should have put some different and more of it. No, I'm no, going to add some I, arm stuff. I love that. That's the but those bracelet are like, that you wore. And now that I can tell the whole story. I mean, yeah. we, uh, that was like our friends' like thing for the year. Four of my friends was like, before that was Boys to Tire, we were obsessed with Boys to Tire, and, <laughs> and In Hope was like their thing. Yeah. And then in, and four of my friends like took over throughout the years. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, and I, if I've seen it, I just... Rightfully so. For whatever reason. Oh, oh, so the last question, it's not going to be late for steak. Yeah, don't be late. Uh, I'm going to be late for steak. Yeah. For steak. Thomas Michael. Oh, no. Because we also love... Uh, 
Oh, yeah. It's like roadside steak place. Actually, it doesn't really matter if I'm late this time. Because last time I was late, we were at a restaurant. And yeah. It was like that out of the letter house. Yeah. It was super nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> so if you, you know that joy and that feeling and that experience you have watching the movie for the first time? If you could relive that experience with any movie, and it doesn't be your favorite movie, but an experience where you saw a movie that you want to relive it. And the, the origins of this, I was listening to Richard Roper on Aisha Tyler's uh, Girl and Guy podcast, which is great. It's okay. just a kind of informal chat, interview kind of stuff. Yeah. And he was talking about some famous, famous uh, film credit. And it says, Dying Wish would be to watch his favorite movie again for the first time. And that really stuck with me, because I, I don't consider myself like a cinephile by any means. Yeah. I'm yeah. very much into television. But there yeah. are some moments where I just saw a movie, and I feel like, like my grandmother tells me this, or my grandma tells me the story of being a little girl and seeing King Kong in the theaters in Hartford. Oh, you must have been blown away. And her thinking that King Kong was going to jump out of the theater. I always wanted that experience of the film, and I've had it a few times. Now I yeah. ask everyone, like, let's, and don't be precious your answer, because we change your answer every fucking time. Um... So, as far as the movie experience, I have a, a very fond memory, um, and it's also, it continues to be one of the most impactful, influential movies. Um, in the golden age of Hollywood filmmaking, in my opinion, the mid to late 80s, um, I went with my dad and my two older brothers at the time to a drive-in movie theater. In Warwick, New York, you In Newton, New Jersey. Oh! Okay. Uh, which is now a Lowe's. Yeah. You know, go figure. Much like, I'm sure, every drive-in movie. There's a few left. Uh, not a Warwick call, though. That's still there kicking. Yep. Still I go. love that one. We went to the Newton Drive-In Theater and saw Back to the Future. And I was... I want to say... Because I think that came out in maybe 85 or 86. I want to say I was four years old, five years old. Wow. At, the, at the oldest. Um, sat... Well, actually laid in the back of my dad's Datsun pickup truck in our sleeping bags and our pillows and watched that movie. I guess as far as the experience of seeing, and I, I wouldn't call that my favorite movie, but my favorite movie experience still to this day is is just that. Like that. Yeah. With laying with my brothers and my dad watching mm. Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, and the movie itself was very like, yeah game-changing as far as like being a little kid and and thinking about time and and the sequence of time and how um, at that time I especially just wanted to be able to travel through time. Yeah. You know, being a young kid, seeing stuff like that, those beautiful um, icons of American filmmaking, seeing them with your family, Mm. there's, I don't think there's anything that can replace that type of experience. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit, of, I'm not a film buff, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really into movies. Yeah. Um, there's so many a, good movies I would mention, but that would be the one. That's a perfect answer, and that's exactly what we love to hear. That's the one. Um, <laughs> thank you a hundred thousand times over oh, of course, for man. doing this. Uh, thank you for coming to of course. my little apartment in Carlstadt, we, setting up your, uh, yeah. your high space technology. Was this what you'd expect? Did I explain it right? Or I don't know. Oh, I'm yeah, still yeah, learning sure. how to like, figure out how to like, get, convince people to sit down. Actually, it's been going surprisingly well. You know, I was wondering, is, is it going to be like uh, an iPod voice memo? or? <laughs> and thank you for like, injecting to opening your home. Oh, absolutely, man. Anytime. So, and, and I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm down here more often enough, so I hope we see each other again. I hope so too. We don't live very. Or my in-laws don't live. Well, you know, one way or the other, that uh, 
especially now because we have some plans to to play a little more and to write some, yeah. continue to write some new stuff. You know that it's it's going to keep bringing us together. Yeah, the excuse, suck with us. the folly excuse for friends yeah, to meet. Maybe uh, my wife tomorrow. Yeah, you should. She you should. <laughs> She can hang out with Jackie. Yeah. Her and Amanda love each other. Awesome. Yeah, so. There you go. Well, thank you so much.